Hey, all our fiends out there, this is Christopher from the Black Lagoon. Before we start our podcast, here's a shout out to some of our friends and sponsors. One of them being Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company in Merrimack, New Hampshire. It is where we and our friends and podcast family members at Road Soda record. The brewery self-distributes in the southern New Hampshire area and has a tap room and beer garden you can visit. For a list of where the beers are available and tap room hours, go to abelebenezer.com. Good evening, all you creepy peeps. Reanimator Rob here. Road Soda is a weekly podcast hosted by Mike, the head brewer and co-founder of Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company, and Brendan, distributor for Abel Ebenezer and founder of Litter Crew. They discuss current events, have interesting conversations, all while reviewing a beer. They drink while you drive. Check them out every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, my ghosts and ghouls. It's Meg the Mortician here, reminding you to not litter. One of my many hats I wear is being the event coordinator for the New Hampshire Litter Crew. Be sure to find us at our social media, at NH Litter Crew, and find our Facebook page to keep up with our Litter Crew events coming near you. the monsters out there listening this is christopher from the black lagoon welcome again to another episode of monster talk season one episode eight uh this episode is airing on november 10th 2021 and tonight our main event is our review of scream from 1996 and we also have our first guests on the podcast brendan de kemper from new hampshire litter crew and abel Ebenezer brewing company and road soda Woo! Hey! Welcome! (laughs) What's going on, everyone? Hey, Brendan. And I also like to welcome my hosts, Reanimator Rob and Meg the Mortician. What have you guys been up to since the last podcast? So, considering that we recorded our last podcast two days ago, (laughs) um, but actually, there's some stuff going on. so my, my birthday fundraiser for P-Flag New Hampshire, I've been getting some more donations. So I'm up to $650, and I just wanted to give shout-outs to um, the, the most current donors, because I did mention the rest of you uh, last podcast. Chris Savinelli, Meg the Mortician, Dick Woo. Angtil, and my f- good friend Dr. John McGeehan. You guys are the best. And I did notice on our Facebook page we now have a new top fan. Woo. Gaetano Zanelli, my friend Gaetano the Italiano, um, who has the Michael Myers tattoo and the It Clown tattoo. On, oh, he's great. And uh, Jimmy Pritchard was uh, three three weeks top fan. So there's a little competition going on now. Mm-hmm. And um, we did talk about Sleepaway Camp 2 during our last podcast. And I forgot to mention to you, Chris, um, that the Brat Pack names, like the, the actresses and actors in the Brat uh, Brat Pack movies are all used as the names of the characters. So you have Molly, which is like the final girl, named after Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. And then the mean girl, Allie, Allie Sheedy. And then you have TC, which I think is Tom Cruise. Uncle John, John Hughes. Mayor, after Mayor Whittingham. Rob Lowe, 
um, Demi, which is Demi Moore, Leah, Leah Thompson, um, and then there's some like stragglers like Anthony, Michael Hall, Judd, Nelson, <laughs> and then Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, Diane Lane, and Phoebe Cates. And so I thought that was pretty cool. I, I forgot to cool. mention it Monday. Yeah, I didn't even realize and. That just makes me even think of how much more of a dumpster fire of a movie that is. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's terrible, but you know, you just want to toss in some more gasoline just to see what else happens. But next. in all fairness, oh it's one of my favorite dumpster fires. <laughs> <laughs> and because we did Halloween one and two, the last two podcasts, I, I kept mentioning, I kept wanting to bring up the, um, they have a, a replica in North Carolina. It's uh, Myers house. It's a life-size replica of the uh, infamous Michael Myers house from John Carpenter's 1978 horror classic. And it's located in rural Hillsboro, North Carolina, and is the personal residence of horror fan Kenny Caperton. So it looks really cool. It looks like really like there was a lot of work put into it. And yeah. that could be like another road trip. Ooh, yes. Field trip. <laughs> Let's go. So what have you been up to, Megan? So I walked into Spirit Halloween the other day to get fake blood and then i walked out with like 130 dollars worth of decorations (laughs) you can easily do that yeah so i'm gonna redecorate my room you know but and what kind of fake blood did you get um i like the spray Mm -hmm. kind because it's easier to like get the splatter effect in my opinion because i was lost because so i did um we went to a halloween party this last weekend and i bought fake blood and i i did a head wound on tony's Mm -hmm. um forehead and i called them we call them head wound harry and uh (laughs) And I bought gel blood, but it wasn't, like, thick enough. And so, like, it just wasn't – I couldn't get, like, a really deep-looking cut. And everybody still thought it looked good. But they yeah. have so many types of blood. They have, like, vampire blood, stage blood, um, like, mouth blood, and um, and then the gel blood. And yeah, I'm like, like what the hell? mouth safe. I've, I've tried the capsules before, and yeah. they're honestly not – not great at all. Yeah. Um, but I did this girl on TikTok. I saw she says she just uses like the little like frostings that yeah. you would write on top of a cake. Yeah. Just that. That's what my friend Rick Wayland uh, recommended, actually. So thank you, Rick, for that tip. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. But other than spending money at Spirit Halloween, I watched Scream and um, yeah, just been, you know, doing my doing my spooky thing, getting decorations. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Chris? Me. Um, I went to a concert last night to see a friend of mine. Um, his name is Dylan DiCarlo. He, uh, he's in the band Pig City, which is a hardcore metal band. Uh, I think it's originally out of uh, Arizona. But uh, he's tour managing for Gullo, who is a uh, friend of ours, uh, who I just recently met last night, but he's a friend of some friends. He uh, He's more of like that YouTube hip-hop style of uh, musician and so he played at the Brighton Music Hall down in, in the Boston area last night. Nice. So went down there, had a little bit too much to drink, got home, decided to try the Slipknot whiskey, the number nine. Mm. It's pretty rough stuff. Oh. <laughs> it's corn whiskey. And then my brother flew back to uh, Florida today. So last night we hung out and played Nintendo till I was passing out playing Gauntlet 2 with them. Oh, wow. Like seriously, just falling asleep, battling people. I love Gauntlet 2. So... Other than that, I worked all day today, and now we're here doing the podcast, and I'm getting ready for going to L.A. next week to practice lots of music and play a few shows. So Have fun and have a safe trip. Thank you. So, 
But uh, Brendan, what what spooky things have you been up to, or in general, what are you what you've been doing? Spooky, spooky things, you know, because I'm all into all that creepy shit. You know? <laughs> or, or, or is life scary enough? <laughs> I think life is scary enough for me. Yeah. No, 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 life's good. I'm, you know, I'm happy to be on the podcast with you guys. It's always fun to happy to have you. Oh yeah. yeah it's it's just fun like to jump on other people's uh, sets, even though. We record in the same place, but it's yeah. always cool seeing the new vibe and seeing people, you know, in their own space interacting. So, and I, I love the Road Soda podcast. I appreciate it, and your work on the Little Crew is amazing. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I know, uh, you know, Mike's a big part of that Road Soda podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You know, he, he kills it. I just, uh, you, I just get half the credit. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's always editing that in here. And, of course, thank you to Meg for being part of Litter Crew as well. Yeah. She, she has a big role in that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, with Litter Crew, too, I mean, we have an event uh, two weeks. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but November 7th. November if it's, 7th. That'll be uh, before this podcast comes out. So Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. You can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I might just leave it in. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's natural. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, November seventh, no. we had a cleanup. <laughs> yep, we had a cleanup. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Brendan. So to uh, continue on with the podcast, we like to tell you guys a little bit about what's happening in the horror world with the autopsy report from Reanimator Rob. <laughs> Animator Rob here, and you know, I'm feeling evil tonight. I'm giving Megan the evil eye right oh, now no. as I talk. So, Evil Dead Rise is coming uh, is coming out soon. So, ah. 40 years after the release of Evil Dead, the supernatural horror trilogy created by Sam Raimi is rising from the ashes. <laughs> A new installment titled Ev- Evil Dead Rise is in the works at New Line Cinema according to Variety.com. Unlike Very its cool. predecessors, Evil Dead Rise will get the streaming treatment with a launch on HBO Max set for the U.S. Meanwhile, in United Kingdom, the movie will get a theatrical release via Studio Canal and in France through Metropolitan. And if you don't know too much about the film, uh, Raimi created the series and directed the original film, 1981's The Evil Dead. And it's two sequels, 1987's Evil Dead 2 and 1993's Army of Darkness Army of Darkness at New Line. He won't be returning behind the camera to direct, but he will serve as an executive producer with Bruce Campbell, who starred as series protagonist Ash Williams. So unfortunately, Campbell won't appear on screen either in the upcoming entry. Uh, Evil Dead veteran Robert Tappert is also returning to produce the next chapter in the seminal horror series, and according to website bloodydisgusting.com, filming is more than halfway complete under Lee Cronin's direction, which reportedly includes lots of blood and Easter eggs. Yay! We love blood here on the, and Easter here eggs. On Monster Talk podcast. And um, the latest entry in the series includes a female heroine and takes place in an L.A. apartment building rather than a cabin in the woods. It stars Elisa Sutherland, Lily Sullivan, Gabriel Eccles, and Morgan Davies, and it's coming out in 2022. Excellent. And to continue on my evil streak, <laughs> NECA is celebrating 40 years of the Evil Dead 
with brand new Ash Williams action figure. So according to Tommy Tuna of the Horror News Network, Ash Williams is back and he's armed to the hilt. The iconic character from the Evil Dead has been reimagined as a striking action figure by the National Entertainment Collectibles Association, which is NECA, as reported by ToyNewsy.com to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the groundbreaking horror film. The Ash Williams Ultimate 7-inch scale figure comes complete with three interchangeable portraits, two sets of hands, which I thought was kind of humorous, a chainsaw, a shotgun, and an axe, as well as a tape recorder and lantern. The figure will be available in early 2022. No word on the price, but considering how expensive some of the other action figures have been that we talked about, like Mm -hmm. when you start throwing in like all those like tools. (laughs) Yeah, they're usually around 20 to 30 bucks. But once they get start, once they start going up to like the larger sizes, that's when the price increase. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one more comment or news item on my uh, path of evil here is uh, Resident (laughs) Evil Welcome to Raccoon Cities arrives in theaters this month. Um, It's a promising and more faithful take on the world established in the mega hit Capcom horror video games, according to the website comicbook.com. In a vignette shared recently by the official Twitter account, director Johannes Roberts showcases some of the ways that the film will pay tribute to Capcom's beloved games. The video showcases some incredible side-by-side comparisons between the adaption and source material. Locations like Spencer Mansion and the Raccoon City Police Station look exactly like the way they do in the games. Roberts even shows some of the smaller details that have been replicated as well. The R-rated film tells the tale of Raccoon City, quote, one of the booming home, once the booming home of pharmaceutical giant Umbrella Corporation, but now a dying Midwestern town, according to the official synopsis. The company's exodus left the city, quote, a wasteland with great evil brewing beneath the surface. When that evil is unleashed, quote, the town's people are forever changed and a small group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind Umbrella and make it through the night. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City will land in theaters November 24th and the movie stars... Chaos Scodelario, Robbie Amell, Hannah John Kamen, and Tom Hopper. Wait, so they made a movie out of the video game Resident Evil? Or was Resident Evil a movie that they made video no, no, games no. off No, no, no. Resident Evil was originally a video game. Yeah, that's like what I thought. Early 90s. And they're making a Or like m- mid 90s when yeah, PlayStation yeah. came out. No and shit. And then the ones with. Um, uh, wow. Was it uh, Julia Jovovich? Yeah. Yes. So she was been the main. Yep. Main protagonist in the ones that came out in the past 10, 15 years or so, whenever the first Resident Evil movie came out. Mm. This one seems like it's more on par with the actual game itself. Oh, okay. So the, all the Sweet. other movies are like yeah. basically inspired by. Oh, they can turn, yeah, yeah, when they turn video games into movies, I think that's really cool. Yeah, right? Yeah, lo- yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> I don't like the other ones, but when I heard about this one, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more interested in this one. Like, I didn't like what they did with Silent Hill, because mm. that's one of my favorite video game series, especially the original one. And when I saw how much they changed in it, and, like, some of my friends have seen the movies, and they're like, yeah, it's a no-go. So Looking at the Twitter account, it looks like they put a lot more detail and work and, and graphic art and, and, and design work into this. It's kind of like I wonder how people feel about horror movies that were horror books first. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. son, you know, like, it's like the, my brother's a Harry Potter fan and he hates the movies, but he thinks the books are God's gift to earth. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it's Milia Jovovich. That's yes. who it is. Yeah. Yes. So correcting myself for everyone that's uh, <laughs> punching their iPhone right now. Fainting. Or, or clicking loudly on their Spotify accounts. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of evilness going on in the horror world Definitely. right now, which, of course, that's what we love. Yep. And then when we come back uh, to record on the 10th, which is, uh, we, we usually record on the same day we release the next episode. So, uh, Rob, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more news for us then. Always. Always. The news <laughs> never stops, rocking around the clock. <laughs> the autopsy report never stops. Now, before we start asking questions to Brendan... The most important question is Meg's undertaking question of the week. All right, Meg the Mortician here with the undertaking question of the week. So, um, since I talked about how I spent so much money on decorations, um, my undertaking question of the week is how soon do you decorate for Halloween? Hmm. So I, it varies year to year. So this year I waited a little bit. So I, I kind of do it in phases. So I have some like fall like decorations mm -hmm. like uh, like pumpkins and, and uh, like min I have like these like miniature pumpkins that are like really cool. And I, and I put like leaves and lights and and do like those types of decorations yeah. first. And then I. And then I segue into like I have my um, I have some like uh, I have like a black cat candle and I do have this really cool candle when you light it up the, the cat's eyes glow green Ooh. and um, and then some of the other things like I have some skulls a raven um, and I just kind of usually October 1st I don't go too quickly and over the years I, I've been do I've been like downsizing only mm -hmm. because like I was like going crazy I used to have like jars of fake body parts with blood like blood in them like you know uh, yeah like water that was like yep you like. know dyed red and <laughs> and i mean the whole the whole like first floor was like halloween mm -hmm. and but then like thanksgiving comes and then christmas is there and, and it's like just uh, too much decorating so i'm like it's a little bit downsized on on for halloween and then for thanksgiving i have like my mom made the ceramic cornucopia like when I was a kid and I Classic. got that. So I have that. And then Christmas. Yeah, I, I do start decorating for Christmas. And, you know, I I have some like old like vintage decorations that I got from my mom. Mm -hmm. And but that's like a little bit more work because it's a lot more Christmas decorations. But over the as I get older, I'm like downsizing. But I yeah. still like to keep it spooky. But so October is first is usually, you know, I don't want to do it too early because I love summer, too. So. I don't want to. That's, that's like fair. I, I'll try to wear shorts all the way up through. <laughs> <laughs> Even like, I'm surprised I'm not wearing them now. But I want summer to last as long as possible. Yeah. What about you? So me personally. So like when I was still living at home, like as early as my mom would let me pretty much. Like I think one year it was like September 15th. Yeah. And I was like, I want to decorate right now. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and this year... I think it was a little bit later, so like mm. closer to the yeah first weekend in October, I think. Um, we decorated my mom's house, and then, like me personally, I have like four totes of decorations, yeah. and my mom is two. So 
and I brought one over to my apartment. So, yeah. So I was able to like, you know, have like bring some to my apartment, but most of it is at my mom's just because I have a lot. Yeah. Over the years, I've just collected, you know, once I started getting a paycheck, I started going to Target, started going to like Christmas tree shop. I love Halloween decorations. Oh, me too. Um, Yeah. The ones I actually bought at Spirit are probably just going to be like my all year round ones because they're more like um like kind of pictures in a way yeah and not so much like a decoration it's like a so you have some that are like fit like a more than just a halloween motif yeah it's, it's like a piece because yeah. it's like a, a movie or you a, know like spaces of the moon or yeah. stuff like that like yeah found, that's so. really cool yeah i'm excited so yeah like and I, I think i'm the same way i have like these elements that i just i can keep up all year round or i might incorporate them like as the seasons change and then like phase in the more like, yeah, you know the Halloweenish types, like the witch and right, the, and like the the skulls and. Yeah, my roommate had like the fallish, you know, decorations first, and then slowly we added my Halloween stuff, yeah. and they go, you know, they go nice together, so that's good. And you know, I think I'll leave them up into November because I don't think we really have any Thanksgiving decorations, and we don't host yeah. anything at my apartment, so like they'll be up for a bit. But she's a big Christmas person. So I, I will yeah. and I and I, I carve I carve jack o' lanterns every year and I always do it the week before Halloween mm. only because they rot very easily mm. and I'll spray them with the polyurethane and I will let them rot all the way like we let one sit out all winter and then like a pumpkin grew the next summer in our like front lawn. <gasps> oh I mean, my we god! Just, <laughs> I love the jack o' lanterns. That, you know I, I'll. I'll keep those out as long as I can. Yeah, the squirrels at my apartment complex are nibbling on mine <laughs> from my jack-o'-lantern. So <laughs> I noticed that the other day, but oh well. What about you, Christopher? So this is our first year with the house, and usually what we just had was like a, um, well, we still have it. It's a little black ceramic pumpkin that smiles and it says boo where the teeth are s- supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you can just switch it on and off a little lamp. But then we were like, you know what? We should really decorate the yard. So... Mm. We went out, we started getting uh, decorations as early as August, because mm-hmm. that's when they start rolling right. out as late August, and into September is when like the Spirits of Halloween starts opening up, or maybe it's late August as well, but those are prime times to buy stuff, because a lot more stuff will be in stock, but on the flip side, not everything is in the stores yet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but they Excuse do me. fly off the shelves. I they think. do. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. And then once you get to like, like, you know, late October, like the last two weeks, that's when candy starts running out on the shelves and you have to go to the big stores to really get those candy you want to hand out or eat yeah. yourself, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> no popcorn balls. Yeah. I, we were, th- I was just saying that. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. We no end pop- up with popcorn no balls. No popcorn balls. <laughs> I think we started decorating in September when it was still warm out. So our two, like, like square shrub bushes by the real front door. We, we use like the side door to go in and out of the house, but it's already like stretched out spider webbing all over it. We got like three different kinds of like spiders and oh, cool. even little rubber spiders just to kind of decorate yeah. the yeah. bushes. And then we got tombstones that go in. We're all like, you know, right in front of the house and a bunch of plastic skeletal parts. And then I have a full size skeleton sitting in one of our porch chairs. Nice. Oh, I love that. I taped a beer can to one hand and awesome. he has a prohibition yes. pig hat on. <laughs> and like there's a switch behind the skull itself and you flip that on and his eyes glow red. Oh, nice. We've replaced the light bulb 
for people to see when they come in at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, it's now like a black light. Oh, cool. Nice. And last night when I get home, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. The red eyes with the purple yeah. light just look. It looks eerie. It's really, really cool. Nice. We got a couple of uh, zombie gnomes from Christmas tree shops. I love, I love gnomes. Stuff for the front doors. <laughs> and then just we, we just amassed a bunch of other little um, pieces in the house and Grim so, Reapers and all that stuff. So you did you did remind me. So we're not do, we didn't decorate too much outside this year because we're going to Spooky Bear in P-Town. But usually when we have a Halloween bonfire, mm. we, you know, we put up some lights this year in the front. But usually we do the back. And and we do we have a lot of the we have a lot of creatures we have a vampire and a witch like all like life size and then we have this transparent ghost that you know goes <laughs> and it's yeah we we do we do the full the full shebang. A goal cool. of mine is when I do have my own house and yard someday that I I will get the twelve foot skeleton from Home Depot. <laughs> it will be up all year round. <laughs> Savage. Oh, that's what I told my girlfriend. I'm like even when it's like winter time we just put a christmas hat on it for thanksgiving yeah. i don't know just it's put like a pilgrim hat for Easter. Sure. it's versatile <laughs> it's yeah. perfect yeah yeah what about you brendan uh i mean so, <laughs> this year i didn't i didn't do really anything just because like all of our decorations are in storage so my mom sold her house and she is huge into decorating mm-hmm. so we have like eight totes of yeah. halloween stuff but it's <laughs> buried in the back of the unit so yeah. i couldn't get to it but i know kimmy has like she has some skull things that mm. we keep out all year round it's kind of like you guys were saying we kind of have christmas lights in the house yeah. in her bedroom hanging up <laughs> yeah. year round we're just kind of those weird people that just no, have everything yeah. that intermingles with each other yeah. but i mean halloween's cool I, I always love halloween and it's never like it's never too early yeah, I, agree. I, like I agree. That. I like that. I like that mindset. I, I like yeah. jumping. I, I like jumping ahead. I and like you, like you said for Christmas, like after, day after Thanksgiving, it's fine. You can you can start decorating for Christmas. I don't know. I'm yeah. like a decorate early, and leave it up as long as you. Oh yeah, <laughs> as yeah. long I, as you I'm want. A, I'm a very visual person, so yeah. I always have some type of lights. Like oh yeah, you know, all year long, outside, inside. Yeah, my uh, I have orange um, LED lights around my headboard because mm-hmm. oh, it's because it's good to have like a a lower color or mm. you know what I mean, um, for like your eyes. And then on the back of my TV has like the LED lights as well. Mm. So, but yeah, I like I like orange and reds and stuff. You know, warm spooky. colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, warm colors. <laughs> I'm definitely a warm colors person, but <laughs> yeah. We- now we have to put up a Christmas tree this year, begrudgingly, because a bunch of people got us ornaments last year. Like, <laughs> like I used to have, I usually have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but mm, that's yes. starting to fall apart because it's so old. And we got a one of those ceramic Christmas trees that seem to be all the rage again since I don't yep. know the seventies, oh, yeah. eighties. Yeah. yeah, I have you one know? of those that I got from my mom. Yeah. Have you ever made a Halloween tree? Have not. No. I have um, taken a white Christmas tree and then put like black and orange garland around it. And then I have a bunch of like Nightmare Before Christmas ornaments and like black and white and orange ornaments. And Mm -hmm. you could totally. I put Jack Skellington on the top, you know. So my my chorus director, his his thing is Christmas tree. So every year he he's got a pretty nice house and he has um, like 15 or 20 Christmas trees and each one is a theme. So he's got like the Disney ornament tree and he's got the Halloween tree and I mean, they're, they're fabulous. So that would be a really good idea for you, Chris. Like I could see like, yeah, having like those, all the Halloween, like a Michael Myers ornament and like a Jason ornament <laughs> and, 
and like a Children of the Corn ornament or a Ghost Face ornament. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be cool. I, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Trees remind me of Christmas. I hate Christmas. I know. That's you curmudgeon. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> you, care. Call me what you will. Uh, yeah, I a bit of Christmas. a Scrooge. <laughs> Mr. Scrooge. I just disagree with everything Christmas is about, and it's not what it's supposed to be, and there's just nothing but expectations and pissed off people on the road, <laughs> and I just I can't stand both, so... <laughs> so you would like the song that we sang uh, a couple years ago in the chorus called Dashing Through the Slush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It was pretty much like the same sentiment. Nice. And you're not wrong. <laughs> wow, those were all great answers. Thank you for partaking in the undertaking question of the week, guys. I'd say the last two episodes, we've gotten really deep thoughts and I know, talking. Off, <laughs> off like a simple question. Yeah, That's I love it. it. It's awesome. good. It's good. So this week, we do not have a record of the week, but we are going to be talking to Brendan for the record. <laughs> hey. That's why I'm going to hey. type this in. Damned. What? Jesus, the camera, hurry! My name isn't Jesus. Uh, as we said earlier, Brendan is our first guest on our podcast, so thank you, Brendan, for being yeah. on and wanting to be on, of course. Yeah. yeah excited um, to have you on. Yeah. Brendan is, uh, like I said earlier, he's part of the Road Soda podcast. Uh, he runs and created um, New Hampshire Litter Crew, and he also works here at Able Ebenezer Brewing Company. So, yeah, Brendan, welcome. What's up, guys? Yeah, I'm excited. This is awesome. I guess we'll um, we'll start off by just asking you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, introduce yourself. <laughs> I know I, I kind of started for you already, but I like long walks on the beach. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> love the sunsets. A long walk off the shore pier. <laughs> I mean, recently married, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. That, I was at the wedding. Yeah, that was so that, Chris. Yeah, that was a good time. I mean, yeah. I and like, uh, you had a beer boy at your wedding. I did. It's very popular. That went viral. Yeah, go check out my TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fabulous. Yeah. yeah, the beer boy is our friend Brandon. And if you see the guy in the Rocco's Modern Life shirt, that's me. Yes, <laughs> yes that is Chris. No, no, no. I'm just like, you know, I, I, I sell beer for a living. I, you know, I like having fun and I'm into crypto and that type of stuff, investing my money in crazy things. And <laughs> I just like having a good time. That's in your podcast. Always seems like you guys are, you know, shooting the shit, having a good time. Sorry if there's people out there who don't like swear words. Like I that. have the yeah, I have the mouth of a fucking <laughs> sailor. So I'm really sorry. This is not safe for work, all right? No. no we're good. We, we've just, all sworn at least once or twice. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the whole time, like shit, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm gonna go for it. I'm just gonna be myself, all right? <laughs> hey, we don't want you to not be yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't know. Whatever you guys wanna know or if you have any questions or anything, or well, yeah, that's I'm, part of being a guest on the podcast. I guess I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I interviewing you at this point? I'm used to interviewing other people, all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did Litter Crew start? Um, yeah. So, uh, Earth Day twenty e whoa, twenty Wow, I don't know. This is my third. So yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, Earth Day. Kimmy, my wife, woke up and she was like, "Hey, it's Earth Day. We should do something good for." The environment let's go pick up trash and i was like super hungover i was like that's stupid <laughs> and i was like i don't want to do this she's like no it'll be fun i was like all right and we went to wasserman park in merrimack and we picked up two full trash bags worth of trash and i was like holy cow like this is a problem yeah and so we were just kind of going back and forth being like hey how can we make a difference and 
um, I was like, hey, litter crew, that sounds cool, because I see those, you know, signs on the road, you know, litter crew ahead or things. So I was like, hey, let's just be New Hampshire litter crew. And um, I started, you know, I started a Facebook page and then inviting our friends and it slowly but surely, you know, the first couple events we had 10 plus people show up and then it just kept growing and growing and it's just evolved into what it is today where um, we just, I try and have bi-weekly or at least monthly cleanups where we go to different parts of New Hampshire and just pick up trash. You've been like all over the state. Oh yeah. Been up to the White Mountains, um, Hampton Beach. Hampton Beach. Been over towards Keene, actually. Yeah, that's we we go. I mean, most of our cleanups are local, as Megan knows, just because we're based out of Merrimack. But yep. But yeah, we're not opposed to traveling, especially during like COVID in 2020. We did a beach cleanup every Friday night. Yeah, which was awesome. Well, you made this... me jealous because I had to work those yeah. shifts. <laughs> You're like, Chris, come to the beach with us. I'm like, I would, but I got to be here till I know. eight. I, I, and, I, and I apologize, Brandon. I've no. been wanting to participate in so long, and it just seems like I'm making a commitment to do it this year. No, absolutely. And like I said, it's it, time isn't for everyone, so I don't feel bad when people can't make it because, like Chris is saying, like we sometimes work opposite shifts because mm-hmm. we that work happens. the same job. So. I understand if you can't make events, yeah. but you can always support and spread oh, yeah. the word and share posts and, you know, just get the word out because that's half the battle, too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I was drunk on a vacation and I bought you guys like 12 buckets to help. <laughs> Sorry, I literally just spit my beer. <laughs> just the way you started that. But, but in all seriousness, no. <laughs> Um, can't there's... drink when you're talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that I, I'm I'm that way with everybody, yeah, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess I do help out by you know staying yeah. here so you can do your thing. But um, anyone can help out, and even if you can't make the events, um, you guys do have a Amazon wish list to for yep. garbage pickers, bags, <laughs> bottled water. Um, anything like that helps yeah absolutely and like i said like even if you can't afford to donate just sharing a post is worth more than you know because it spreads it to everyone you know and they might see it and someone might feel compelled to come out or share the post again so like i always say sharing stuff on social media is like the way to spread the word oh yeah Yeah. and i mean i i grew up as a child of the 80s and with all these public service announcements. Mm. And one of the biggest ones was Woodsy the Owl, yeah. give a hoot, don't pollute. Yeah. And so I never litter. And even like the other day, I was like driving into Dunkin' Donuts and I, this lady, as she's pulling out, threw like blatantly, like threw like a can onto the, and I like, I, I was so mad. And, and, and I was like running late, but I was this close to just getting out and yeah. going. But I just, and even on my street, I live right behind the police station on Hillside Terrace. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe all the trash, and I'm constantly out there picking it up, beer cans. One time I found a, a pipe or something, and, like <laughs> oh, a crack God. pipe or something. And yeah. so that, police station, yeah. let's throw a crack pipe behind it. Yeah, no, and I was like, I'm like They'll holding it. it. <laughs> I'm like holding the crack pipe, and like one of my cop friends like goes by, and I'm like, hey, no. Yeah. And, um, but I was just going to ask you, like, what's the weirdest like thing that you guys have come across in your, in your litter cleanup? Uh, Megan, I mean, you know some stuff too. So, well, I'm gonna. I wanted to start off with like one of 
I think it was either my second or third pick. We were at the Nashua Rail Trail. Oh, yeah. And we found these old glass bottles on, like, the side of the trail. And one of them had, like, a whole plant in it. So I still have that bottle. His name is Trash Plant. Yep. Um, I saw it. Yeah. yeah. So I brought I brought my trash plant into my office, actually, my my full-time job. And now it's, like, a conversation That's starter. That's too funny. Yeah. So they're like, where'd you get that? Or how'd you do that? I'm like, oh, I picked I picked him up on the side of a trail because you shouldn't litter. But um, so that was one thing. It's like a little glass bottle terrarium. Um, but one time we were at Mines Falls and me and Dan found a, a whole muffler. Yep, you sure like a did. Whole ass muffler. Yep, we we're trying to put together a car. We yeah. found bumpers. <laughs> We've items. literally found almost a whole car. Like litter crew is gonna build the car and it's gonna gonna win the race i don't know it's we like, also uh, it's like that johnny cash song one piece at a time yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Exactly. we found i mean you guys are horror podcasts we found creepy dolls oh, yeah. um those yep. those were weird um used tampons dirty diapers mm. needles unfortunately yeah. there's yeah. a like there's a lot of gross and uh stuff that you'll find so i always say safety first never pick up anything you're not comfortable with because oh, yeah. like you don't know what's been inside a needle per se or like even diapers like or use tampons and things blood yeah. and everything oh, you just yeah. have to be safe so i always tell people if you don't feel comfortable please do not do anything to harm yourself yeah, yeah. you're They're, doing this for fun that's why you guys was, have the pickers and the right. like yeah. the um the ex, uh, what do you call them the little clamp extenders yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah there was one event where you were just pushing the bags into your truck oh, and yeah. you, your finger got stabbed by something <laughs> yeah, i had to know? go get a tetanus shot oh, yeah <laughs> just in case but yeah you do like you it was funny because I was making fun of myself. I'm like, oh, everyone be safe. And then I, I'm the one who hurts myself. So yeah. <laughs> rather me than someone else, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I, I thought of that because uh, my husband, Tony, is in construction and he, he's on the side of the highway doing oh. guardrail and he finds all sorts of stuff. Oh, and I bet. one day he found like this, I don't know, some bracelet or something or a necklace and he thought it was really cool. And he brings it home and he's like, look what I found. I'm like, get rid of it because you probably just disturbed like. Some serial killers like <laughs> burial ground. You're not bringing any bad juju into this household. Right? That's funny. Uh. But no, what you do is fabulous. Yeah. You, you are awesome. And one last question about litter crew. How do you guys find the places where you need to go to? Or do you guys just take suggestions? Or do you do a little research? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, now that Megan's on the crew... Um, she helps out a lot with like just planning events and places like because we know there's certain places like the Nashville Rail Trail that's that will just, just like not uh, perennially be, be <laughs> trash. It's, but, that trail is just built on top of trash. So, yeah, I yeah. think there was a you dump ju- there before. <laughs> if you just unearth, you know, the ground a little bit, you're gonna find trash. But. but but we do we take suggestions. Actually, a lot of people just tell us like, hey, I was in this park or I was in this area, this trail, hmm. this you know wherever it is, Hampton Beach, for example. And we allocate to see, you know, when we can realistically make it out there and we we get it done. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much because, I mean, there's there's litter everywhere. Like, you just open your eyes, honestly, Ugh. and you'll find more. Like, I do, I walk around this Columbia Circle where Abel is and every, like, once a week or once every other week and I still find a full trash bag. And I'm like, 
I clean this all the time. How is there more trash here? <laughs> but just because, you know, people don't really care. So and do they just leave their, they like drive their trash here and leave it? Or do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, what we find is cigarette butts. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts cups, oh, beer God. cans. Yeah. Those are, but, and ironically though, I have only found one Abel Ebenezer beer can littered <laughs> so far <laughs> in my, in my whole time picking. So. Awesome. <laughs> Because some people actually will drive, like, I don't yeah. know why, they'll drive their trash bags to yeah. wherever and just dump them, you yeah. know? When yeah. the when the movie theater closed down in Merrimack, people were dumping trash behind there, so we went there and pulled out, like, TVs Crazy. and car parts mm. and a chair from a van. Yeah, so you'll find there's mattresses. Yeah. I had to call the DPW because I was like, oh, I, I, this is too much for me. Yeah. So you guys could work towards finishing that car so you can have yeah. like a 64, 65, 66, yes. 67, an automobile. Yeah, One that's day. Funny, funny story. So when Brennan started this, I was like, hey, Brennan, you got to go to this address. There's a ton of trash there. He's like, oh, thank you so much. And then he responds. He's like, hey, you asshole. That's the transfer state. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, man. There's a lot of trash there. Oh, my God. <laughs> you dick. That's where it's supposed to go, right? No. Oh, that's awesome. So, obviously, is this being a podcast, you and Mike from um, from Abel Ebenezer, uh, you guys have road soda. Tell us a little bit about road soda. In your own words, I know we, we kind of give you guys a, a shout out in the, in the yeah. beginning, but... Um, no, it's cool. Like Mike and I, we started, we did the stimulus podcast. Yep. It, it was based cause like all this equipment that we're actually recording on was bought with our stimulus package money. Oh, <laughs> cause awesome. we were like, you know, I was like, you know what, if I'm getting some free money from the government, I'm doing all right in life. I'm going to invest it in something I want to do. Yeah. But, um, that kind of ran its course and it turned into road soda. And, um, we just, we review a different beer every week cause Mike's a brewer. I sell beer. I thought it just, we both thought it would be good for learning more about beer and explaining beer to people. And then on top of that, just talking about what we're interested in life and some current events and, um, you know, having, we have some guests on as well, but it's just a, it's a lot of fun. It's just, we do it cause it's, it's relaxing to us and we just in, in, enjoy podcasting more than anything. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, Mike's wife, Caitlin said, it's like our therapy session. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone's going to hang out with their friends and do something yeah. they like, like my girlfriend's like, thank God you're going out with Andy tonight. And yeah. she's like, if you're not coming home, just let me know. I'm like, all right. Or if I'm doing this. She's been very supportive. And I know Tony's been supportive. Oh, of you, yeah. Rob, and I'm single as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Meg's like, I do what I want. This yeah. is nice for me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so when you meant that, um, the stimulus podcast ran its course, did you guys just feel like it was just time for a change? Cause the stimulus packages were done and that it was just time to kind of get away from the 2020, yeah. you know, stigma or, or did you guys want, felt like rebranding was uh, a better option? Yeah, no, I mean, all the above. I just feel like, you know, it, it kind of was running its course in the sense of 2020 was ending. Mike and I were, we kind of, once we had about, you know, 40 or so episodes under our belt, we kind of realized we're like, oh, we're very beer focused, obviously. Um, we know what we're doing. We know exactly how the podcast runs weekly. I mean, there's segments that change, but we just figured hey, let's do something a little more generic because like people are like, why is it called stimulus? Like, and people are like kind of questioning the name a little bit. Whereas road soda, I feel like it's kind of in your face. Like, you know, it's a road soda. We drink while you drink. I love the <laughs> name. I love the name. I, yeah, love, the I name. love the name and the tagline. I think it's great. And yeah. yeah, I just think it's, it's more direct to the audience of, of being beer related. So yeah, it, it just, it, the rebranding was, 
it was super easy too because Mike's just a genius and a great graphic designer, and he's just a idea machine, which is awesome. And he, you know, he puts his heart into this. So, like I said, all power to Mike because without him, I <laughs> I would not be this far along and and knowing what I know about podcasting. Because yeah. it's funny because when we first started, I would do all the editing for the first you know little bit, and by the second or third episode. Honestly, he was like, yep, I got this. I've watched enough YouTube videos. I know how to edit. I was like, what? I was like, dude, audio engineering is not that simple. And he's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still learning tricks and tips, you know, as we go along. So if anyone has any good recording tips, let us know. <laughs> well, I, I strongly encourage our Monster Talk listeners to listen to Road Soda because it is an excellent podcast. Yeah, I appreciate I've, it. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, same. Yeah. I brought you guys some beer to try, so. Yes, you did. Yeah, and if anyone has beer recommendations. Oh. Yeah. And I did mention to Brendan, um, so growing up in Salem, Massachusetts, there's a really cool distillery down there. Oh, nice. you guys should check out. It's yeah. got this demonic past, Ooh. and yeah, it's, it's, it's really... It's definitely something on our bucket list. Yeah. We, should, we should just do a road trip to the distillery. Yeah, maybe yeah. both podcast groups. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mike, Mike lives down in Mass, so I mean, let's let's do it. I'm oh, all about it. He hey. still lives like 40, 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. being in Lowell. And yeah. No, and we actually, and, and just for your listeners too, there's a group on uh, Facebook called Podcast Discussions. Mm. So, I mean, you guys should definitely share your links on there. Get people True. on there because it's just a good place to talk about podcasts and new episodes and things that come out. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to give you your kudos on on our part podcast as well. Mike normally does all the run throughs, yeah. but I'll yeah. definitely uh, I'll definitely sneak you guys in there as well. Make yeah. you a spooky little. Uh, I want to be on road. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone anyone's welcome to come on. And like I said, Chris was on Stimulus podcast back in the day, so. You know, you're always welcome to come on. Just give us a heads up so yeah. we can. Uh, yeah. I just need to be on Road Soda. Was I on? Was I an earlier episode of you Road might Soda? Have, actually, you might have been on one of the first episodes of Road Soda. Yeah, it's a long time ago. A, yeah, nice. we've been doing this for a while, so. But I'd like to be on so we can talk about our podcast exactly. too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. And I can um, just jokingly make fun of your NFTs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my JPEGs. Yes, your pretty JPEGs. My pretty pretty JPEGs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to women's weapons. <laughs> I want this panda. It's yeah. worth ten thousand whatever stimulus. Yeah. I don't know. Oh goodness. I know. I I, I make I do it in jest, but you know yes. it's awesome. Everyone's into something, and so. Very cool. And I like how you guys have really come together with your podcasting and obviously it inspired me and Rob mm. and Meg to do a podcast. And Woo. you've been like helping us through the whole thing. I'm still learning. <laughs> like I've been, I've been like the Michael of this project. Just yep. kind of like, you know, kind of doing a little bit of directing, doing the editing. So I know some people are like, ah, oh, it's a little difficult. I'm like, I'm still learning. I'm trying to make this the best I can. And, you know, it's uh, and. You know, it's just been a complete learning process. And I feel like every podcast, every show, every whatever you do, it takes a little time to get, you I'm, know, the and rough I'm edges telling you, rounded. too, like it's going to like for us, like, honestly, it was like 20 plus episodes before we really got into mm. our groove. So, like, yeah, I always tell people, especially when you're new to this, like just keep at it because most podcasts don't last for more than seven episodes or so. So the, the longer you keep at it the better you're going to get and you're just going to get we're on episode eight so yeah sweet there we go i don't give up that quick yeah. <laughs> not everyone gets divorced awesome <laughs> so, so you're like our muse you're yeah. like our muse brendan yeah yeah you guys are killing it so i mean just keep it up like it, it's exciting awesome thank you very much so before we start the review 
what are some of your favorite horror movies? I know you're not big into horror, but what are some of your favorite like <laughs> horror-related movies or shows or anything like that? Uh, okay, so how how is horror defined out of curiosity? Because like, I'm gonna look up the definition. Uh, I don't know. Cause, well, I'm just what? I could give you a couple things. So like, um, yeah, I told you that movie Martyrs. Yes, we still have to. I still have to find and watch that. It's a French well, movie. <laughs> well, to be honest, horror as a genre, it's so expansive. Like, it is. There's a lot of horror adjacent. Okay. Genres like science fiction, comedies. Some comedies can be very dark, and some are even like roped into the horror kind of you know, like yeah, subgenres. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, you have, you know, just stuff that's kind of out there, like Tim Burton movies or, or anything of the like. So there's a ton of subgenres. I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, there, are, there is, there's like the psychological thrillers, there's the comedy horrors, there's the it's slashers. Almost, it's almost like, what type of metal music do you like? Do you like Norwegian death metal? Do you like, do you like speed metal? Do you like power metal? Do you like classic rock? Do you like, you know what I mean? It just. All right. So, I mean, I'm like, you guys, like I said, I'm not huge into horror, but um, for movies, uh, I actually, I, I do like uh, the Jason movies. Um, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like, I think those are pretty cool. Um, I also, TV show wise, Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, no, Stranger yeah. Things. Like, yeah. I'm actually a huge fan of Stranger Things. So, um, I do like. I, I like aspects of horror, but I just for my daily life because I'm <laughs> such a uh, put it in your like mind type person that I don't always like seeing the graphic nature of things all the time. Like, I don't know, like when I watch someone get murdered in a movie, then I go and have nightmares. Like, okay. honestly, it's like, uh, it's so my brain doesn't compartmentalize things the same way as other people's. Okay. But horror, like horror has its time and place. Like, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've seen Scream. Scream's a badass movie. I've seen, you know, I've seen the um, Nightmare on Elm Streets and, you know, those type of movies. And some of them are good. Some of them suck. But it's just, yeah. you know, in my opinion, but it's just it, it's all how it's all based on how it is um also what's the why am i blanking on that movie with jack jack uh nickel the, or the shining the shining jack nicholson yeah. yes that movie's creepy as hell oh yeah <laughs> it's good, but it's but one. it's a really good movie like yeah. I, I can appreciate well-made movies oh well, i yeah. like knowing you well knowing each other for so long now yeah. for quite a few years now um you've always been like someone who's really into pma positive mental attitude yeah. and I don't know how you are so positive every day. Well, I am just so cynical, but caring. You know what I mean? And my cynicism is just to see how people react. And I love joking around just to see how people react. And I don't mean it like 99% of the time. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like when you see murder, you're like, you empathize that. Yeah. Like, I can't watch Law & Order SVU. Yeah. For example, I can't. I can't t like just the intense nature of some of the scenes and mm -hmm. like the, the topics like i just just don't i just don't like watching it just... i follow a medical examiner on instagram so i see that shit on the daily oh, <laughs> so you're like an empath like me like you can yeah. definitely like oh you're yeah. tied to that emotion and those those movies and oh for yeah, sure yeah for sure i can see you like getting into because if you like stranger things because yeah. 
Stranger Things does have like an 80s vibe to it. Yes. Like you you really getting into maybe some of the 80s and late 70s classics because those are my time period and those are my favorite horror mm. movies. Yeah, and that's where Stranger Things gets a lot of their ideas from. It's like such an amalgamate of like parts of those movies from that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. And like I said, I'm not, I'm I'm not against it at all. It's just it just depends on the type of movie, right? Yeah, yeah you know, definitely. Yeah, or or TV show. So different strokes for different folks, yeah. as I always <laughs> say. And I always like, and I'm also the type of person too who's like, if I'm gonna watch horror, be, besides maybe Stranger Things. I like to watch it with groups of people. Mm. Yeah. That's the funnest thing. And so, yeah, I, I'd rather be around a group of people. So at least I'm like, all right, I know if we're, I'm going down, we're all going down. You know? yeah. <laughs> and and you, might, you might really like, because Stranger Things 2 is, is kind of got like that sci-fi, oh, sci-fi yeah. element. You might like some of those like sci-fi horror movies. Yeah. Like even like Reanimator. Reanimator. Um, I would say mm. Alien. Okay. Yeah. Alien's a good one. Um, the Thing is another great movie. It's actually a remake by John Carpenter. Um, I've seen the, I think, Predator movies, too. Yeah. Predator, yeah. Predator. yeah, Predator's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. The, those are some badass movies, too. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm on the... I don't... I, I hate to say I hate horror. It's just, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. But I definitely, there's a time and place, and I, I'll definitely, I'm open to watching it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't have to like hip-hop, but... I like yeah. a few bands. Like I love Run DMC. I like Wu Tang. Like I'm very, I'm very selective with my hip hop. While you might be very selective with horror movies. There you go. Yes. All right. Court's adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> Not guilty. Okay. So tonight we are reviewing our the movie Scream from 1996. Uh, there's a new Scream coming out next year, I believe. Excited. Yes. January. January of 2022. So not Ooh-hoo. to confuse both Ooh. movies because we haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah. It's rated R, has a runtime of one hour, 51 minutes. So almost two hour movie. Uh, it's directed by Wes Craven, who's also famous for Last House on the Left, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and The People Under the Stairs. Uh, it was actually written by Kevin Williamson. He also has uh, written Scream 2, The Faculty, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. A lot of these folks from this movie you'll see have done done a lot more of the horror movies that have come out in the mid to late 90s. Mm. Uh, cast. Uh, this is very star-studded. Yeah. Sydney, played by Nev Campbell, also in Scream 2, 3, 4, and the 2022 Scream continuation. Wild Things and The Craft. I love The Craft. Oh, yeah. Yes, I watched that as part of my 31 days this month. Uh, last month, I should say now, when this comes out. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the timing of these uh, podcast episodes are crazy. Yeah. Um, Billy, played by Skeet Ulrich, uh, he was in The Craft and Into the West. Um, him coming into The Craft actually helped Nev Campbell make her decision to be part of this movie. Originally, after The Craft, she didn't want to be in another horror movie. Oh. So Skeet Ulrich kind of like, she's like, oh, you're going to be in it? Okay, cool. Um, wow. He's also Lars Ul- Ulrich's brother from Metallica. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Mr. Prescott, Sydney's dad, uh, played by Lawrence Hecht. Uh, he's also in Scream 3 and Searching for Fortune. Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. She's in all of the Scream movies. Uh, obviously, she was on Friends, and she was on 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Kenny, um, W. Earl Brown, he was the cameraman for Gail. He was in Season 1 of American Horror Story as Phil Critter. Um, he's in Deadwood and Black Mass. Deputy Dewey, uh, played by <laughs> David Arquette. Uh, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
Scream, all the movies, and Pee-wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Uh, Stewart, played by Matthew Lillard. He was in Matthew SLC Lillard. Punk, um, the remake of 13 Ghosts in 2001. And, of course, he was in Scooby-Doo in Shaggy? 2002. <laughs> He's so hot. I'm going to say it right now. I love Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I forgot this guy was in there, but um, Cotton Weary, played by Leif Schreiber. Uh, he's also in Scream 2 and 3, Goon and Goon 2, and he's uh, the lead role on Ray Donovan, the TV series. Oh. Randy, he's played by Jamie Kennedy. Um, Scream 2 and 3, he was in Son of the Mask, and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> and, of course, we can't forget Casey, played by Drew Barrymore. Uh, she was in Firestarter, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Cat's Eye, and I did not know she was in Waxwork 2. Yeah. Forgot she was in that. Oh. I mean, if you don't know who she is, oh my gosh, she's fabulous. <laughs> and uh, Rose McGowan, too, right? Rose McGowan. Oh, I, I skipped her on this list. Thank you. <laughs> Tatum, played by Rose McGowan, also in Jawbreaker, Planet Terror, Death Proof, so both of the Grindhouse movies, and she was in Charmed. Yeah, and oh. um, also have Henry Winkler as Principal Hembry, who was on Happy Days. He's the Fonz. Mm. And we, hey. hey, oh, hey. hey. And, um, <laughs> yo, Mrs. Cunningham, Mrs. C. And um, <laughs> Roger Jackson as the voice. And um, he's in the, he does a lot of voice work. And he was, he's one of the Powerpuff Girls, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> which one? Wait, I don't one know. One of the Powerpuff Girls? Or is he like um, is he the on? monkey? <laughs> <laughs> well, it says oh, he's, jo, on jo, the, jo. he's in the Powerpuff Girls. The Powerpuff oh, okay. Girls. <laughs> And he does, like, voices for The Sims games and The Wild Thornberries and, yeah, so. Awesome. Yeah. He doesn't say nice words in this movie. No. Um, in this one, no. <laughs> music by Marco Beltrami. Um, so the scores he's done uh, include Screams 2 and 3, The Faculty, The Crow Salvation, Dracula 2000, and Cursed. Synopsis, years after her mother was murdered... Sydney Prescott starts getting stalked and harassed by an unknown person who is murdering people in a small community. The stakes get higher. She suspects that someone she she knows may be the killer, or does she? Hmm. So, uh, some fun facts about the movie. Spoiler free. Um, at around 12 minutes at the beginning of the movie, when Casey's parents come home to find that something's wrong... Um, her father tells her mother to go to the Mackenzie's, which is the same thing Jamie Lee Curtis tells Lindsay and Tommy from Halloween. Oh, I did notice that. Yeah. Which of which this movie contains many references to. I, yep. A ton. A ton. Um, you can see, uh, as you mentioned, Henry Winkler uh, from Happy Days. Um, you can see his black leather jacket at around uh, 52 minutes into the film. Oh, look at so that. So something to look out for next time you watch the movie. Um, the high school scenes were to be shot at Santa Rosa High School in California. However, very close to the shooting date, the school board read the script and denied the film to be shot there due to violent nature. As they had been under the impression that the film was a comedy and production was moved to, was it Healdsburg, California? As payback, director Wes Craven put in the end credits under the special thanks, unquotes, section, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa City School District Governing Board. Ooh. Yeah, and just to add... Um you know, they were at the time they were that area was really sensitive because they had the, the murder of uh, Polly class three. Her name was Polly class three years prior, which had left the area sensitized, sensitized towards violence. And her murder is is her abduction and murder 
Look it up. It is terrifying. Oh. And that that was actually what caused California to enforce the three strikes law. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, that this movie was also based um, or kind of inspired by actual events. Yeah. All right. So during production, Ghostface's signature black robe was going to be white to make him appear even more like a ghost. This was changed in fear of people comparing the costume to those that the KKK wear. Uh. Um, so Roger Jackson, the voice... Um, Drew Barrymore and Nev Campbell did not meet him. The actor who played the voice before shooting commenced. Uh, whenever they are talking on the phone to the killer, they are actually talking to him. In fact, none of the cast met him. Craven thought that would be better to bring out the shock reactions he needed everyone when they heard the voice. Right. Uh, Courtney Cox, she approached the uh, production to pursue the, her role. She was interested in playing a bitch character to offset her nice friend's image. Uh, the image was the main reason why the producers initially refused to consider Cox for the part. Cox continued to the lobby to the studio as she to lobby at the studio as she felt she could believably play the character. Her efforts ultimately succeeded. The use of caller ID increased more than threefold <laughs> after the release of this movie. Uh, Jamie Kennedy was chosen for the role of Randy because he would often improvise humor into his lines, which made director Wes Craven laugh. <laughs> Uh, the film was released in December, five days before Christmas. The studio did this because during the holiday season, family-friendly movies are usually released, and the studio wanted to give the horror audience something to see during a time when no horror movies would be out. It opened at number four with $6.4 million, which led the studio to believe the film had flopped. However, the film's good word of mouth is what led to its success at the box office. With every week, it went up or stayed at the same place in the box office. By the end of its run, it ended up making over $100 million at the box office. Um, Drew Barrymore shot all of her scenes in the first five days of production. Originally titled Scary Movie, which was later used by for a parody of this movie and other pop culture horror films in the Scary Movie film franchise. The term Scary Movie is mentioned five times throughout this film. Mm. The producer said originally intended to use Roger Jackson's voice only as a placeholder, dubbing it over post- post-production. They decided that Jackson's contribution was perfect and kept it. Wes Craven described it as an intelligent and evil voice that would become irreplaceable to the franchise. Mm. Being a favorite of screenwriter Kevin Williamson, Molly Ringwald was offered the role of Sidney Prescott, but turned it down saying she'd rather not be playing a high school student at the age of 27. That's fair. <laughs> Throughout the movie, the special effects artist used about 50 gallons of blood. That's Damn. a lot. Damn. Can't it, buy that at Spirit of Hollywood. And I heard Spirit that of, uh, <laughs> Halloween. I heard that Drew Barrymore was offered a bigger role to play the role of Sidney, right? And then she um, took a smaller part because she had too much going on, but I, yes. I love her in her part. Yeah. Also, she wanted to film her parts quickly, so she never wore shoes throughout the filming process. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the film was sent to the MPAA, who's been butchering horror movies since the late 70s, over nine times for reconsideration as they were going to slap the movie with an NC-17 rating, with each time the MPAA made Wes Craven cut more of the film's heavy gore scenes. Bob Weinstein eventually had to step in, which secured the film's R rating. Wes Craven wanted to know what Bob Weinstein had said to the MPAA to give them give its film the R rating. He told them to view the film as a comedy and not a horror film. This completely changed the MPAA's viewpoint. Really? Yeah, something about this movie and being a comedy. I don't get it. Interesting. <laughs> um, Rose McGowan, yeah, can't speak. Rose McGowan dried, dyed her hair blonde for the role of Tatum in order to contrast her naturally brown hair from that of Nev Campbell. Hmm. Wes Craven initially turned down the film. He was already busy developing a remake of The Haunting, 
and was considering distancing himself from the horror genre. He signed on to direct after Drew Barrymore agreed to appear in the film. Also, he was confronted by a young little boy fan who was about 10. The boy accused Craven of going soft (laughs) (laughs) and that he had more guts back in the day when he was making movies like Last House on the Left. That pushed him over the edge, and he called the people at Miramax and agreed to do Scream. That's funny. Wow. As revealed on the directors in 1997, uh, from 1997 and 2007, um, Wes Craven originally turned down this movie because it was too violent, but reconsidered making one more gory movie for the hungry fans who continually told him that his best movie was The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, oh damn. Wes Craven had seen Nev Campbell in Party of Five and asked her to audition for the part. He believed she could portray a character who was innocent, but who could also realistically handle herself while dealing with the physical conflict and emotions required by the role. The Mask is based on a few things. The painting Scream by Edvard Munch, uh, the characters on the cover of the Pink Floyd album The Wall, and the ghostly characters that appeared in the 1930s Betty Boop cartoons. The Mask is stark white and depicts a caricature of someone screaming and crying at the same time. Designer Slayerton stated that the mask displayed different emotions. It's a horrible look. It's a sorry look. It's a frantic look. Hmm. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix turned down the role of Billy Loomis. Really? Loomis, also from Halloween. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. Which Joe is from... Joe <laughs> From Psycho. Joe Quinn Phoenix. <laughs> Hooked on phonics. Work for me. Um, <laughs> that's why I can read all these facts. Uh, we got a few more before uh, we go to the spoiler time. All the killer's phone calls were really done by Roger Jackson on set with a cell phone. At one point, the crew had contracted, were contacted by the police demanding to know who they were because they thought there was a real killer making phone calls. <laughs> the ghost face mask was first developed by, for novelty stores during the Halloween season between 1991 and 1992 by Fun World employee Bridget Slariton as part of the series entitled Fantastic Faces. The mask itself, known as the peanut-eyed ghost, the final design was approved by Fun World Vice President Alan Geller. Wes Craven claimed to have originally found the mask, but later clarified that he had misremembered the event and that it was producer Marion Madalena who discovered it. She found it while inside a house during location sh- scouting for the film and brought it to the attention of Wes Craven, who said about trying to obtain the rights to use it. Fun World licensing director R.J. Torbert joined Fun World in 1996 and was given the task of naming the mask prior to its film debut, deciding, deciding on Ghostface. With the blessing of Fun World owners Stanley and Alan Geller, Torbert felt it looked like a ghost in pain, believing it to be a unique design. The Ghostface design and title are owned by Fun World. Elizabeth Berkley auditioned for the role of Gail Weathers, but was immediately turned down due to the backlash she received for doing Showgirls. If you don't know who Elizabeth Berkley is, she was on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. That special caffeine pill episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dang kids getting in trouble. Caffeine pills. Um, Kevin Williamson listened to the soundtrack of Halloween 1978 for inspiration while writing the script. Excerpts from the soundtrack appear in the film. And this is the first time Marco Beltrami scored a feature film. Nice. So it's his first movie. Congrats. Pretty awesome. All right. So any. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts before we get into the spoilers? Yeah, just a couple of quick things. So, I, yeah, it is inspired by the real-life case of Gaines, the Gainesville Ripper. Um, and uh, the Gainesville Ripper was Daniel Harold Rowling. Uh, he was an American serial killer who murdered five students, uh, college students, in Gainesville, Florida, Dude. over four days in late August 1990. Rowling confessed to killing eight people, 
and was sentenced to death for the five Gainesville murders in 1994. He was uh, executed by lethal injection in 2006. Crazy. Yeah. Wild. And um, they also, there's some some interesting information um, about uh, that the Scream movie and its sequels were accused of inspiring and, and even inducing violent crimes and murders. And let me... Let me see what you think about this. But so in January 1998, 16-year-old Mario Padilla and his 14-year-old cousin Samuel Ramirez stabbed Mario's mother, Gina Castillo, 45 times, killing her. The case became known as the Scream Murder and fell under intense media scrutiny after the boys claimed they were inspired by Scream and Scream 2. Interesting. Ugh. Yeah. So and then um, yeah. So the, there's there's all that and then. Um, there's some other good trivia. So Linda Blair um, was credited as being a reporter in the movie, which I thought was cool because yeah. she's Reagan in The Exorcist. And and there's just, oh, the other thing is the party scene near the end of the film runs 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set to the time it rose. After it wrapped, the crew had T-shirts made that read, Quote, I survived scene 118, which was the name of the scene during shooting. The cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. <laughs> it pretty much is. It's literally like a, a third of the movie. Yeah. So, cool. And there's a ton of Easter eggs, and we'll talk about those oh, as yeah. we go through yeah. the movie. Tons of Easter eggs. Brendan was asking, you know, what Easter eggs are. Easter eggs are a little, like... Um, things that people will put in movies to remind you of other things. Mm. Kind of like Easter eggs in video games. Like if okay, you play yeah, like yeah. like Halo and they put in something from Halo 1 into the new game, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, you know? Or, gotcha. Or in this one, as we just rattled off a bunch of them, Linda Blair, who is from The Exorcist, is in the movie. Just yeah. So it just relates yeah. the two movies together. Yeah. Right. That's sweet. Right, just as like a throw up. So for instance, if you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, they really liked Evil Dead. So... They put Evil Dead on the TV screen in uh, oh. Nancy's room in the movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, like, a good example is um, the Blue Oyster Cult song, Don't Fear the Reaper, is used in not only Halloween, but in Scream. Mm-hmm. And so that's when, true. When Billy climbs into Sydney's window in the film, you can hear an acoustic version of the song. And um, he's actually, his, his action of going up the trellis into Sydney's room is this... almost exactly like uh, the role... Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny Depp played in Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, almost like they almost look the same and everything. So yeah. it's like, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The thing about Scream is, for those who have never seen it, um, when the 80s and around the late 80s and the early 90s, the horror genre was really dropping off. Um, over in England, there was a lot of backlash from horror movies, which they called them the video nasties. <laughs> um, I think that's a topic we should talk about for an episode at some point. So even like um, Silence of the Lambs, a, a huge award-winning movie, definitely mm-hmm. a horror movie. The the the, the awards, uh, the it was the Oscars or whatever award ceremony it was, they didn't want to say it was a best horror movie. They made it a thriller suspense movie. Mm-hmm. So Scream really, really reignited that horror movie, you know, uh, the whole horror movie genre back to where it needed to be Absolutely. in the mid '90s. And then you get a string of horror movies after that, which when I went through the whole cast and some of the crew, you notice that after this movie, they got a ton more roles in a 
bunch more horror movies leading into the 2000s. And the 2000s weren't that great of a horror movie, you know, decade. But then recently in the past 10 years, it's come back. So like punk rock or metal, it comes, it resurges every, every decade or so into something different. And, uh, scream is scream. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But scream, um, super important movie for the time. And it just, as soon as that came out, it's, it's, it's on a Rushmore somewhere in somebody's, you know, in somebody's opinion. So Meg, any thoughts before? Um, I'm going to say I watched the scary movies. So the parody movies before ever watching this all the way through. So if I like, you know, confuse anything with scary movie, just, uh, you know, ignore it. (laughs) But yeah, I, yeah, I thought this was a really good movie. So I'm excited to talk about it. Excellent. All right, Brendan, do you have any thoughts about the movie before, uh, before I start talking about the trailer? Yeah, so this is like that movie I was talking about that, you know, the graphic, <laughs> graphic movies. Because it's, it's old school, but it's super gory. Yeah. Or, mm. I, I th- well, sorry, you guys watch a lot of horror, so it's probably <laughs> not super gory to you. But it's, it's intense. Yeah. I, in my opinion, I just I think Scream's just a super intense movie. Get in, get ready for like a fun ride. I mean, it's definitely you can tell it's filmed in the '90s. It's got that '90s vibe to it, but it's no, it's crazy. It's like just I th- it's a thriller too. Like I, I, in my opinion, because yeah. I feel like yeah. you get that whole. You guys are gonna talk more about this in depth, but it it really takes you on this just crazy ride, pretty much in. Is it, it, it's almost one night, right? Like most or it, most of the movies in one night. Yeah, usually yeah. this one yeah. is all over the span of a few days, I think. Or yeah, or a couple days, but yeah. the major. I feel like the bulk of, like you said earlier, the bulk of it is just like one epic fucking night of yeah. murder. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um. Also, it's the cra- I just feel like the plot twist in it fucking get. They got me so good. I was just like, I did not see that coming. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not think the killer was who the killer was. Is I all know, I gotta exactly. say. That's like I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember seeing it for the first time back in the mid '90s, and I'm like, "No way!" That's what. They, yeah, that's how I felt. Plot I was twist. like, "Come on!" <laughs> all right. So as always, before we start going into the movie itself, uh, there are going to be spoilers past this point. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Scream yet from 1996, do so. It is one of the major slasher movies of our lifetime. Uh, so definitely go see it. Don't just maybe see it. Don't just skip the rest of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we want you to listen to us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, again, we're going to show the trailer to Scream from 96. And then we're going to get into the spoilers. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, pause now. Watch the movie. Or don't. And just listen to whatever the hell else you like to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, this is the trailer to 1996's Scream. Hello? Hello? Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? 
eyes. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs, and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. The police are always off track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Right, and that was the trailer to Scream from 1996. Again, we are going into spoiler mode, so please, if you have not seen the movie, don't want anything spoiled, uh, skip to the end of the podcast or pause and watch before you going back going back to us. So, Rob, this is your pick this week. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you start us off? Sure, I'd love to. So the film opens with a young Casey Becker, played by Drew Barrymore, receiving a phone call. She's home alone from an unidentified caller at first it seems if he has gotten a wrong number but it soon becomes clear he is toying with her and you know she's making popcorn and and he asks what's your favorite scary movie and at first she's reluctant to answer and and finally she says halloween and so this is our first easter egg so there are two easter eggs here from the movies when a stranger calls and black christmas um, because they all deal with an unidentified caller. Oh. And so his, his voice gets more and more threatening. And Casey becomes frightened when she realizes her the caller can see her. And she begins to panic when the caller threatens to kill her and forces her to answer movie trivia in exchange for her life and the life of her boyfriend, Steve, who she sees tied up on her back patio. Mm. And so there's also a, a part in this, this scene where somebody rings the doorbell and, and, and she says, who's there? And, and he's the, the, the caller on the phone is, you should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? <laughs> and, um, and then also she hangs up on him a couple times and she's like, listen, asshole. And he's like, you hang up on me again and I'll gut you like a fish. And I always thought that was a pretty good line. Mm. And so the caller demands that she answers questions about horror films and she gets the first one right. And then Casey gets one wrong. And I love this one because it's who is the killer in Friday the 13th. And she blurts out, it's Jason, it's Jason. And he's like wrong. And she's like, no friggin' way. I've seen that movie a hundred fucking times. And he's like, well then you should know that Mrs. Voorhees is the original killer. I, that, I would have fucking died in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I would have died in that moment because I probably would have panicked said Jason. And he's like, lucky for you, there's a a lightning round, but poor Steve. And so Steve is murdered in front of her. And and after killing Steve, the the caller torments Casey until finally breaking into the house and chasing her. He is dressed in a black costume with a white ghost mask over his face. He chases her across the lawn just as her parents pull up into the driveway. Um, there's a struggle, 
and the parents do not see her and Casey is stabbed in the chest. And as the parents are walking up to the house, she's unable to scream just like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2 when uh, she's in the parking lot, yeah. <laughs> like we mentioned last week. Yep. <laughs> and after killing Casey, the murderer, string, the murderer strings her up, um, her body in the backyard for her parents to discover. And so there's a, a reference of the 1977 film Suspiria um, mm. with her hanging, because um, the first death in Suspiria is also a hanging, oh. a bloody hanging death. And of course, there's a Halloween reference. Go down to the Mackenzies, which we yeah. talked about. Yeah, I have a few fun facts about this scene yeah. alone. Me, yeah, I do too. I think. Um, hopefully, I don't take all of yours. I'm sorry. Probably, probably I've, not. I've, I've but... like four. Rock, um, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Drew Barrymore was originally cast as Sidney Prescott. Uh, of course, that was eventually played by Nev Campbell. But Drew uh, Barrymore insisted that if she played Casey, then it would make the audience think anything could happen. Because one of the biggest things about this movie is that a star actor is cut out right away. Mm. It's almost yeah, like Psycho right. where, where you're like, you know, oh, Jane. And then it's, boop, gone. And it's like, like the audience is dumbfounded. They don't know what to do. Like this movie they don't know is... where it's going to go. So that, that, that was an excellent suggestion by Drew mm. Barrymore. They're like, this movie ain't fucking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when the killer smashes his head through a window and Casey hits him in the face with a phone, that is actually director Wes Craven. He's wearing the costume and was really hit in the face for that scene. Oh, snap. Yeah, um, and, I, and I read that like the, that a lot of that was, wasn't was really choreographed. Like, I mean, Drew Barrymore was legitimately like scared, and she really doesn't didn't know what was certain things that were going to happen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the MPAA wanted to cut out the graphic shot of the killer stabbing Casey Becker uh, at the beginning, but West, but director Wes Craven claimed it was the only take of it they had filmed, which wasn't true, and the shot remained intact. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, firing back at the MPAA. Uh, the two of the most complex visual visual effects in the film were the corpses of Casey and Steve. Uh, their deaths involved the character being gutted from rib cage to pelvis, eventually essentially hollowing out the torso of their internal organs with the guts rolling from the wound. To allow walls to continue to move and feign death while displaying the wound, KNB, who is actually, um, it's actually uh, the the company by Greg Nicotero, mm-hmm. and they've done many many movies. Uh, they designed the chair with no back to it. The actor would kneel behind it while his upper body, head, and arms were positioned within the chair seating area. An anatomical model re- representing the character's torso and legs were positioned in the chair and disguised so that the actor's upper body and the model appeared to be one piece. The fake abdomen was filled with rubber, latex, and gelatin pieces smeared in fake blood and the internal organs, which then can fall free. Uh, The other effect involved Casey being gutted and hung by the neck from a tree. The team utilized a similar approach but replicated Barrymore's entire body as it would be impossible to conceal her real body and display the visual effect of her character having been gutted. That's so cool. And I and, Sorry, and thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for explaining the, the the details behind especially Steve's because I was w- always wondering how did they create that death. Yeah. It was it was pretty pretty good. Yeah. I um I just wanted to point out like um when you know she get, first gets the call you know, and he says, oh, sorry, I must have dialed the wrong number. She's like, it's okay, I have a good one, hangs up, and he calls back, and then he's, like, apologizing, but then he's like, oh, you know, I want to talk, and she just goes, they've got 900 numbers for that, <laughs> and I'll see ya, and hangs up the phone. Um, and so during this whole, like, phone conversation, seeing she's making popcorn. Jiffy mm, Pop. Like, yeah, and it stays on the stove mm. the whole time until her parents get home, and it, like, it's, 
on fire and like the fire alarm i thought it took a while for that thing to go off yeah off. i just want to point that out and, and, and it's funny now that I, we're talking about that friday the 13th part three also has a popcorn burning on the stove and yeah. like a part of it where yeah. everybody's dead and the popcorn's burning on the stove yeah the, the hippie couple are using <laughs> yeah. or making popcorn it's flying up in the air yeah chuck and chili <laughs> yeah 3d um and then there was when her parents car is like coming up there is a moment where she kind of pauses like Mm. as she's running from the killer and she pauses and i'm like why why did they do this to me you know she stopped for like a split second and then he gets her i'm like why the hell did she stop running um but i think that was pretty much it i just wanted to point out <laughs> yeah. those things and, and then the fact that the mother can hear the daughter on the phone as oh she's that was that was cool pretty, yeah it was, it was that was such a frustrating part of that scene. Yeah, like we talked about with Halloween too. Yeah, in that in the parking lot and towards the end of the movie, this one I'm like, oh, she's right there, but then he gets her, and I think he stabs her right in the lungs so she can't breathe. Ugh. Yeah, and it's just yeah, just terrible. Yeah, but that was that was just my notes on that scene. Nice. So, in the next scene, we meet Sydney Prescott. Uh, played by Nev Campbell, and her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, which is obviously a Dr. Loomis reference from Halloween, which is mm -hmm. also a psycho reference. So uh, Billy sneaks into her bedroom window and attempts to have sex with her, but Sydney is unsure and wants to remain a virgin for now. They're almost discovered by Sydney's father, Neil, and he comes into Sydney's room to discuss the fact that he is going out of town. We learn that Sydney's mother was killed almost one year before and that Sydney and her father are alone. Sydney's testimony identified Cotton Weary, played by Lee Schreiber, as the killer, although Cotton swears that he is innocent. The next day, Sydney's school is abuzz with news of the murder and classes are temporarily canceled. Sydney decides that since her father is gone and she is alone, she is going to stay with her best friend Tatum, played by Rose McGowan. Sydney Tatum and Billy sit with their group of friends, which includes Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, Kennedy, who is obsessed with horror movies, and Stu, played by Matthew Lillard, a class clown type who used to date Casey Becker. And so Sydney goes home to wait for Tatum to pick up, and the phone rings, and she has a strange voice, the same one that was on the phone with Casey. At first, she thinks it is Randy joking around. And... I was going to say the there was like a couple of things. Um, mm -hmm. So when Billy comes and sneaks up t in uh, Sydney's room, um, he said, the exorcist was on. Got me thinking of you. And I kind of was like, <laughs> what? Um, but he explains how I think that um, how he's relating it to their relationship, how it mm. started out hot and heavy, you know, a solid um r rating but now it's on its way to an nc-17 yeah so he's like basically complaining like he's not getting it you know which you know she he's like he says like oh i'm not pressuring you but then at the same time is pressuring but her? i'm pressuring you right so manipulative <laughs> um but you know she kind of he's like on his way out and she's like will he settle for pg-13 and then she flashes him yeah yeah but then yeah, nice. and then yeah, the next <laughs> um, the next day at school, um, I was just so like at at this point in the movie, I I don't know 
you know, that her mom is like dead. Mm. You know what I mean? So like when you're from first time watching it, when her friend Tatum uh, tells her about like what's going on while all the news crews are there. Um, and she says, oh, it's even worse than, and then she pauses and then she just kind of does a double take and then goes, well, it's bad. Uh, but I think she was trying to hint at like almost as bad, even worse than what happened to her mom. Yeah. You know, like an implication. Yeah, and then Sydney, uh, Sydney looks over at like the empty desk where Casey sat, yeah. and then um, they go get. They all have to get interviewed by the cops because of everything that's going on. Right. Um, yeah, and then yeah, they're over at the water fountain, and oh, they're all they all kind of go over their alibis. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> they're yeah, all like, oh well, I was here, and like so and so, and she, Kate, she was with me, and Tatum was with me last night. Blah 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 blah, and I was like, oh okay, okay, get it. Um, yeah. All good stuff. Yeah. And so when Sydney's on the on the on the phone with uh, this guy, um, he asks again the you know question about scary movies. Do you like scary movies? And she's like, "What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who is always running up the stairs when she when she should be running out the front door. It's <laughs> insulting." And I just think that's like classic. Definitely. And um, and you know he he's saying that he's. He's outside and she goes outside and she's like, what am I doing? And she's like picking her nose and, and she's like, yeah, you can't see me. Bye. And, and she goes to hang up and he's like, you hang up on me and you'll die just like your mother. Do you mm. want to die, Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. And so at that point she knew like it wasn't her friends like messing around and, and she hangs up and um, the killer emerges from a closet in Sydney's house and a chase starts throughout the house. And so she's basically doing exactly what she said that like girls in horror movies do at this point. Yeah. And she runs upstairs and locks herself in her bedroom and, and dials 911. And, and um, I kind of liked the, what she did, like how she dialed 911 on her internet. That was a, th- that was a thing you were able oh, to yeah. do in the nineties. Yeah. Cause I'm love... watching this and I was like, AOL was hell of a service. Damn. That's, oh, a, that's awesome yeah. though. But yeah, I was like, she I M'd nine one one. What is this? Come on, you're not that much younger than me. I I know, but like I didn't I was also like a sheltered child. I don't think I had an instant messenger until I was fourteen. Oh. I knew about the internets before then. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and and she was really smart. I liked the way they had that closet door that she was able to close. Like she was, be- she she put it up against the main door into her room, so yeah. the the killer couldn't get in. Mm, but she smart. did what she did earlier to prevent prevent her dad from coming in to, to where he almost caught the boyfriend. Yep. So Billy arrives conveniently, um, climbing through Sydney's window again, and a cell phone falls out of his pocket, and Sydney realizes that it may have been him phoning her, and she runs downstairs and out of the house only to be greeted by the police. And I think this at this point, um, Dewey's there. Yeah, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> holding the ghost face mask. And she is taken into police custody or police station along with Billy where he is questioned. And at the police station, Sydney meets, you know, Dewey and Tatum, who is Tatum's older brother and the town deputy who is considered adult. And outside the police station, she is, Confronted by nosy reporter Gail Weathers, mm. played by Courtney Cox, uh, the writer of an expose 
about the murder of Sydney's mother. Gail feels that Cotton Weary was wrongfully convicted, and now Gail is following up a story about the murder of Casey Becker, and she feels that the murders are connected. And there's some pretty good interaction here, and, and when she goes up to talk to Sydney, and, and um, you know she, she's being very sarcastic towards Gail about her book, and she's like, I'll send you a copy, and, and, and um, she like punches her in the face, like yeah, pretty good. a good right hook. <laughs> I just want to say, um, after um, Nev Campbell's taken back to the police station, you actually see um, Deputy Dewey bring in a packaged costume, like the ghost face oh, ones yeah. used to be able to oh, see. Oh, yep. um, Now, the costume's often referred to as ghost face, but the ca- costume was actually called Father Death. Oh. Interesting. And then when, um, when she runs into the reporters, that's when you see Linda Blair. Uh, this is about 39 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Um, so she has auburn hair in the movie. That's how you can point her out. And she's the woman that goes, people want to know. They have a right to know. So yeah. when you hear that, that's it, Linda Blair. It's Linda. Nice. Linda. <laughs> you go, Linda. You go, girl. So uh, Tayton takes Sydney back to her house where she receives another phone call from the killer who tells her, you got the wrong guy, Sydney, again. Um, and, and, I, and I love before that he calls um tatum's like she's like reenacting how um sydney punch punches gail weathers in the mm. face like pow pow yeah <laughs> i'll send you a copy pow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so by the time dewey gets to the phone like nobody's there and he's like after even after the the caller hangs up he's like hello yeah i thought that was so funny <laughs> so um the next day at Sydney runs into Billy and there's some more exchange about how, you know, he's like, go ahead. Um, so before they like go into school, she does go up to Gail and she kind of like apologizes. Um, and they do kind of talk a little bit more about the, her mom's like murder and everything. And, you know, um, Gail has some good points, you know, from Cotton's side of Mm. the story. Um, I just wanted to point that out. Oh, yeah, we yeah. talked about the interaction with Billy. Because so. at that point, like, I think that's, yeah, that's a good point. And um, it gives, like, that plants that seed where Sydney's, like, starting to maybe question herself a little bit. Yeah, you know, because the way that, I think, the way that um, she's, her mother is portrayed is not favorable. So I think Sydney has a hard time with that. But now that she's older, maybe that it's starting to... Or yeah. maybe now that it's been like a year, she's kind of starting to question things. Yeah, yeah. and I do like when when Tatum goes, "Nice welt, sweetie." Yep. That, oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That around a good zinger. Yeah, around this part of the movie is when you start seeing a lot of red herrings. So yeah. You, you, it's the movie does this very well. Yeah, yeah, and um, so, and and then she runs into Billy, and and they do have an exchange, and and you know she's. You know, she's basically like, I'm sorry if my, you know, my my tragedy is interfering with, you know, your. Yeah, he says, uh, I wrote this down. He says, my girlfriend would rather accuse me of being a psycho than touch me. And I was like, this motherfucker. Yeah. Where does he get off? Like, he is completely insensitive to, like, what she's been through. And he's, like, telling her to get over it, basically. Right. I'm just like, oh. The audacity of that man. I know, jerk. Not a very supportive boyfriend. They never are in I horror know, movies, are they? I know. 
So then, like, she goes into the bathroom, and there are these two girls. She's, like, in a stall, like, I think, I don't know if she's crying, but she's upset. And and the two girls are, like, gossiping about her, and she can overhear them. And and um, I don't know word for word the exchange, but the cheerleader's like, so maybe, like, they decided because suicide is so, like, passe that homicide is so in this year and and then the other friend is like where do you get this stuff and she just goes ricky lake and i was like oh man i remember that show too and she's like you're pathetic (laughs) yeah you're pathetic and so you know that that's obviously hard for sydney to hear and and so while she gets out of the stall she realizes that there's somebody else in the stall um next to her um and you eventually see like she can't see any legs and then you see like one foot come down off of the toilet and then another foot and she like she knows it's coming and she almost like she's sliding to home base she slides like a ghost yep. face comes out and tries to attack her and and and, and she yeah she, yep. she i think he like almost hits the sink and she yeah. just slides right underneath him yeah so um that was another cool scene close call and and so school is over and there's a curfew in place and so the group of friends decide to throw a party and the, the gang, I believe at this point, the gang is at the video store. Randy works. Is that correct? I'm thinking, um, trying to remember. Yeah. Um, well, so there was like a quick scene, um, you know, where the principal is. Oh, right. So after yes. he, after the curfew said the kids all leave and there is like a quick scene where Henry Winkler yeah. is just yep. like being in his office and then he hears knocking and he keeps going to check and no one's there. Right. So no one's there, and then he, like, swears or something, and then the janitor is like, huh? And the janitor is dressed up like Freddy like Krueger. Yeah. And, not to boot, that's the re- those are the real clothes from Nightmare on Elm Street, and that is Wes Craven right. dressed up as the janitor. Oh, I love a cameo. I'm, uh, I apologize for jumping ahead. Oh, but, you're um, totally no, fine. But, um, but, yeah, because he, those two students are running around with the ghost face masks, which also upsets Casey. Yes. And he's like, you're both expelled. and, and, and yep, then, Yeah, he's, like, cutting up the mask and, yeah, that scene, and he's, like, t- telling them how insensitive yeah. they are. Yeah, I, that was a good scene, too. Yeah, and then um, after the janitor scene, yep. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say real quick. So you never really see what how he – how Henry Winkler's character, the principal, like starts enforcing rules. Like all of a sudden you're at his office. Uh, the reason being after the bathroom attack, there was a scene in the script where Sydney bursts into the principal's office and reports the incident uh, crying for help. Although the scene was not included in the final cut, it explains why Himbury principal Henry Winkler ultimately decided to sp- suspend the le- lessons and dismiss the students. Yeah. Oh. So there was supposed to be an exchange before that. Before and I kind of wondered why, yeah, there wasn't more, like, after she runs away, like... The curfew kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so after after he sees the, the janitor who's dressed up like Freddy Krueger, um, Ghostface does surprise him and, and... And gets him. Bye-bye, Principal. You don't really see his death. It's just kind of a... It's kind of implied. Off-camera yeah. death. And you can see, like, uh, Ghostface's, like, shadow in his knife. And, and so... Um, they're at the video store and, and Sydney Prescott is like reviewing the movies on the shelf and she's like the fog, terror train, prom night. How come Jamie Lee Curtis is in all these movies? And, and Randy Meek says, she's the scream queen. And, and Stuart says, yeah, with a set of lungs like that, she should be, which I thought was pretty funny. 
<laughs> I think this was a conversation at the fountain, wasn't it? I don't know. I, I know they're in the video store at some point. Well, so Sydney and Tatum are at like Tatum's house and they're talking about her mom's murder. And then I think um, Stu and Steve are at the video store. Or sorry, Randy. I called him Steve. I don't know why. <laughs> but like when I looked up the characters, I thought his name was Steve. Stu and Randy are at the video store and they're talking about like the horror stuff. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. But and I thought Sydney was there too. Yeah, I was confused about that. But yeah, they so yeah, Stu and Randy are talking about, you know, who seems like the most likely suspect um and Billy is there. Right. At the at the store and, like... and Randy's like that's your guy. That's him <laughs> right there. Which, you know, he he got let go after being you know, arrested after being at Sydney's house with the mm. cell phone and like all that. So technically he's cleared, right? Mm-hmm. They're all kind of pointing the finger a little bit of, at each other. Like, I bet it's yeah. you. Right? Yeah. I bet it's you. Like, you're like the horror movie guy. Like, why wouldn't it yep, be you? Yeah, and, Billy and, like goes up to Randy yeah. and says yeah. all that. And Randy really gets into it until he's like, everybody's a suspect. And, <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> in the store is like. Another okay. thing that we don't have any more, any, any more really, video stores. Oh, I know. Remember Blockbuster? Rip. So that was one of the best things about going to video store as a kid. I would, like, I worked, my first job was at a video store, and I would, at the horror movie section, just all the boxes lined up and picking out one, and which one had the best cover or the back cover, and Ugh. yeah. Nostalgia. Yeah. I know. So I, I think they're back. I'm not sure where they are now, but they're. Sydney is with Tatum and, and she starts to question whether Cotton is really innocent and they talk about Sid's mother's past and, and Tatum says don't go there Sid you're starting to sound like some West Carpenter flick or something <laughs> and I and I like that because they she combines Wes Craven with John Carpenter mm -hmm. and th they're continuing to discuss and and, and Tatum is like it, it goes further back Sid there's been talk of other men and, and Sydney's like, you believe it? And she says, well, I mean, you can only hear that Richard Gere gerbil story so many times that you have to start believing, which I, I thought was a great, <laughs> a great uh, quote. So I think after that, they, they go to the, 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 the party scene, right? They, and, well, there's like a quick scene where um, so Tatum, Sid and Dewey go into town real quick. And I think it's mm -hmm. funny because it's like it's still like pretty like light out and all these businesses are putting up their closing signs because of the oh, curfew, right, right? Right, right, I thought that was so funny. I'm like, this is not nine o'clock, people. You guys are closing way too, but I don't know these <laughs> business hours. So. So I believe it, it was July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of like, yeah, they're all paranoid. And... Yeah, but so Dewey is at the station talking to his superiors and mm -hmm. um, Tatum and Sydney are walking through the grocery store and Tatum is reassuring Sydney about like not having sex with Billy just because that's what he wants. And, right, right. Um, he's not being like sensitive to her. Um, so, and then this is when Dewey finds out from his superior that the calls were linked to Sydney's father, Neil's cell phone. Right, right. No, yes, definitely. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So then Dewey brings them to Stu's for the yes, party. Yes. yes. But yeah, and then, yeah. Awesome. So yeah, what, you know, the party's just getting started. This is like the long night and, and <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And, uh. 
And I love this part. And 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 uh, so so the weatherman. I mean, I'm sorry, Gail Weathers is with the cameraman Kenny, and um, they're at the party. And and Sydney shows up, and and Gail tries to like interview her, and apparently Kenny's lagging behind, and she doesn't get to interview Sydney. And she's like, Kenny, I know you're 60 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, please interpret that is that is move your fat tub of lard ass now (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like what a bitch i think she uh ends up sneaking in a camera anyways right to the party because poor kenny's oh yeah so she 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 uh sees dewey and they're they're talking and they seem to have a mutual affection for one another and they do enter the party and dewey chooses not to bust the party goers for underage drinking being the cool deputy that he is and, and gail that's when gail slips that hidden camera in the living room which has and this is very important has a very small time delay feeding up to the news van up you know up the road a little right. bit and so during the party billy and sydney go upstairs and what does sydney do she gives up her virginity and meanwhile tatum is murdered in the garage by the killer who has infiltrated the party after all she she gained a lot of bruising from being in that that pet door oh really? she was up there for hours apparently oh damn that had to hurt yeah i was gonna say i love her line where it's like no please don't kill me mr ghostface i want to be in the sequel oh yeah yeah <laughs> so funny and i was just gonna mention that she's like oh can i play a helpless victim too yeah <laughs> and he nods <laughs> yeah because she thinks it's like someone else and again like she she's like fighting back she's slamming like beer she, bottles yeah, at him yep. and she fought uh, i wanted her to live me too uh, i liked tatum and so she bites the bullet and uh while Sid and Billy have sex, Dewey and Gail investigate the area nearby. I also, so like Sydney like apologizes to Billy. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. uh, no, you're right. I've been the selfish one. I'm like, dude, dude, no, you're being gaslit. That's right. <laughs> I was just thinking. He's manipulating you. I was going to say, this is gaslighting. And I was thinking the exact same thing. Gaslighting. Yeah. Oh, my I gosh. Like, I was like, her mom was murdered, and, like, his main concern is getting late. I was like, this man, he's awful. <laughs> because, but, you know, she, you know, they don't want to be in a PG-13 relationship, you no, know? This, no, no, this... he wants R. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Or NC-17. Yeah. Um, then what's an X relationship? I have no, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about that X-rated on this podcast. X-rated movies. And then, on. There's, then there's like yeah. no rating. Yeah. And then, <laughs> it and involves tri- a cable guy yeah. and something's yeah. broken. And Can't fix my away. washing machine. No, <laughs> Um, Here's your pizza. I'm stuck. No. <laughs> there, but there was one kind of cool quote that Billy did say like before they do the deed, but he says, it's all one big movie. Only you can't pick your genre. I love it. Yeah. You know, I liked that. I was like, That's Ooh. such a good line. Yeah, yeah. It's a good line. There were so many good lines in this movie and just, you know, ugh. there's actually another line that, um, that Randy says, um, when, when, um, Sorry, Sydney and Billy go upstairs. Randy is upset. Tells Stu, um, "There goes my chances with Sid." Stu says, "As if." To which Randy replies, "Oh, really, Alicia?" 
This is <laughs> not to another pop culture classic, Clueless, which starred Alicia Silverstone. Such a good movie. So many Easter eggs. Not yeah. even hor- just horror movie Easter eggs, but like comedy. 90s. Yeah, yeah, 90s Easter eggs. Yeah, a lot and... of 90s stuff. Ah, so. Um, the kids downstairs are watching like Halloween and yeah. stuff while like Billy and Sid are upstairs. Tatum's dead in the garage. Um, and this part... Yeah, Tatum's just hanging out. <laughs> God, literally, yeah. But this part was uh, when Randy like goes over all the, the rules. rules of horror movies. Yeah. And they're all like, yeah, riled up. It was great. So he's so, like, there are certain rules that one must abide in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, one, you can never have sex. Boo. The minute you get a little nookie, you're as good as gone. Sex always equals death. Number two, mm-hmm. never drink or do drugs. No the fun. sin factor. It's an extension of number one. And three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. To which <laughs> Stu goes, I'm going to go get a beer. Do you want anything? Sure, I'll have one. I'll, I'll be, be right, right back. back. <laughs> just the way he delivers it is just so comical. Oh, I love Matthew. Oh, yeah. Oh, movie. yeah. So, I mean, again, I mean, it's a great segue because as the movie progresses randy's rules are used to make the audience anticipate certain events mm. so once sydney and billy consummate their relationship for instance it sets up the idea that sydney is now doomed mm. an idea which is later proved to be not going to spoil it but um you know there's that whole mentality if you have sex in horror movies yeah you die which yep. is true most of the time yeah. so um so and again the, the, also the brilliant scene serves as a conceptual backbone of the entire uh, Scream franchise where they're de- deconstructing and subsequently s- subverting the different puzzle pieces that typically make up a horror movie. So many party attendees are drawn away after hearing news of Hembry, Principal Hembry's death, who is reportedly hanging from a goalpost at the school football field, leaving only Sydney, Billy, Randy, Stu, and Gail's cameraman, Kenny, and so after having sex, Sydney and Billy are confronted by the killer who attacks Billy. Sydney narrowly escapes from the house and seeks help from Kenny. And at this point, she's running up to him and she's like, you got to help me. And he gets out of the van and realizes that there's that because he's watching it on video and he's seeing it unfold. But there's a time delay. So what he is seeing actually already happened right yeah (laughs) and so he's like shit and so the killer's already at the van and he slashes his throat um gail and dewey are down the road and they find they find neil prescott's car in the bushes not far from the house when they go back to the house they see almost everyone has left the house so dewey tells gail to call for backup while he checks out the house and she runs to her van and and i love this part like she sees I think she sees blood in the windshield and she's like like she turns on the windshield wipers and it's like just smears Smear. down and gets yeah. worse yeah, like and Kenny's like on the windshield. Yeah, Kenny's like all of a sudden it's like on the on the windshield and it's pretty good and and um and so yeah, she notices obviously that her cameraman's been brutally murdered and and she she tries to drive away and she crashes into a tree after swerving off the road while trying to avoid Sydney, who like runs who's across the road. For help, yeah. And it was escape from the house. And I and I do like this part where she's like, I I don't know exactly what she says, but I love you, Kenny. But please get the fuck out of my off of my truck or yeah. something like that. And so, <laughs> um, 
and he does end up falling off the the truck. And you don't see Dewey actually stab, but he's stabbed like off screen while investigating the house. And he stumbles out of the house and I think he like passes out. He Yeah, he like collapses and then the ghost face is for, like chasing Sydney again and she um, hops in Dewey's truck. Yeah, right. And then there's like, and that's like a really good Friday the 13th part two like um, like Easter egg because like in part two, Ginny is in her like Volkswagen Beetle yeah. with like the the convertible hood and Jason's trying to get her and there's like this cat and mouse game inside the vehicle very similar to. Yeah, because so Ghostface has the keys to the truck. So, you know, Sydney locks all the doors, but he has the keys. So he's unlocking them and then she'll go to that that door and lock it and then he'll do the other one. And then she goes, but then he just opens the trunk and then he get gets in and gets at her that way. Um, trying to think. Yeah. Uh, she does get away, though. Yeah. yeah and so she um, so when she she comes across Dewey, she ends up taking it taking his gun for protection and then Stu and Randy both appear um, and they accuse each other of being the killer and no it's him Sid no you know and so Sydney retreats in the house where she and she says fuck you both <laughs> yeah fuck you both and she finds Billy he stumbles down the stairs and he's wounded but still alive and and she gives the Billy the gun and, and before he lets Randy into the house and she's like where are you bleeding and he's like it's not my blood Sid yeah yeah and then um billy lets randy in just to shoot him yes and so billy reveals that he feigned his injuries and is actually the killer while Stu shortly he like licks his fake blood and goes corn syrup (laughs) just like just like they use for the blood and carry right yeah Yeah, there you go it's funny because um it is mentioned near the end of the film that they used corn syrup dyed red for the blood in several famous horror movies during the film's climax, the production production crew really did use corn syrup dyed red. Uh, I need yeah. to try this trick. I Damn. feel like that's yeah. like a lot better than the fake blood. It's like know? the movie makes fun of itself too, you know. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So so basically, you know, we we find out that Billy's actually the killer, and and Stu is you know outing himself as his accomplice, and Billy also reveals that he was responsible for killing Sydney's mother, who had an affair with his father and Billy blames Mrs. Prescott for the dissolution of his parents' marriage and, and murdered Mrs. Prescott out of revenge. And, and he's basically like, your mother was a two bit whore who flashed your shit all over town type of thing. And fuck you, Billy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and he was such an asshole. Yeah. yeah I know, right. right? I and think she actually says that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He literally, yeah, I, I like remember that line off the top of my head. That's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. scary. <laughs> And so Billy and Stu also reveal that they kidnapped her dad, uh, Mr. Prescott, who was tied up in the closet. And their their plan is to frame Mr. Prescott for the murders, and then they intend to wound themselves to make it look like Mr. Prescott attacked them. At which point they they will both uh, they will kill both him and Sydney. And Sydney's like, "You sick fucks! You've seen one too many movies." And Billy says, "No, Sid." Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And he, they start stabbing each other and uh, inflicting flesh wounds on one another with a knife. But they're interrupted by Gail Weathers, who returned armed with Dewey's gun. Yay. And I love this part. She's like, I've got an ending for you. The reporter left for dead and the news van comes too. 
and she stumbles upon you dipshits, finds the guns, finds a gun, foils your plan, and saves the day. Except she doesn't know <laughs> that the safety is on the gun, and mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to turn it off. Oops. Right, and... and I think at this point where Stu's like, I'm feeling a little woozy here. Oh, yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's losing a lot of blood. Like, Billy stabbed him a lot. He's like, you cut me too deep. And so that gives, like, the distraction gives um, Sydney enough time to just sneak away. And she actually, like, turns the tricks on them and starts calling them. And, mm. and she's like, what kind of, are you in the house alone? And, and, um, and, and Billy's like, you bitch. And... He goes looking for Sydney, and then Sydney asks Steve, uh, Stu, on the phone, like, "Well, we know Billy has mommy issues. What's your excuse?" And and I don't remember what he says. Stu says peer pressure. Peer I'm far pressure. Too sensitive. I'm far too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. And um, and, I think uh, she calls Billy a little a mama's bitch boy. Yeah, or a something. little mama's boy. Yeah. yeah. And and Stu asks her, like, "Did you really call the police?" And she's like, "You bet your ass I did." And he's like. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Uh, It's (laughs) funny about that quote, too. um, Like, director Wes Craven, he thought that it was so funny that he kept that in the film. That was ad-lib. Right. Yes, absolutely right. And so there was another part that they did ad-lib, I I think. um, Fighting with the phone. Yeah, he's like, you hit me with the phone, dickhead. Yeah. And that was another impromptu line. And I love that because it makes the movie so much more real. Yeah. Yeah. And so she... Uh, Sydney strikes back at her tormentors and she she like stabs Billy she like busts out of the, a closet and, she's in the costume yeah and she's in the ghost costume and she stabs Billy with the like an umbrella and and then also she's like struggling with Stu and and she kills him with the television so Ooh, yeah, she, she puts dropped, the television over his head she drops it on his head and then he gets like electrocuted right and so two easter eggs here that's also a death scene where Freddy kills Jennifer in Nightmare Part 3, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Mm-hmm. and But also in Friday the 13th, the final chapter and the final struggle, um, Trish and Tommy, when they're locked in Tommy's bedroom and Jason's breaking down the door with an axe, he she knocks Jason out by throwing the TV over his head. So oh, damn. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's also a great scene. So... Um, so in a final struggle, Billy attempts to stab, stab Sydney, but is shot by Gail. And she goes, guess I remembered the safety that time, you bastard. Yep. And uh, Dewey I'm... is re- revealed to be alive, as is Randy. And he says, I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. Yep, that was so funny. <laughs> um, but so even after Gail shoots Billy, uh, Randy goes, don't fall for it. This is a time where the killer comes alive one more time. And sure enough, like Billy like flinches and gets up and then boom, Sydney like shoots him right between the eyes, I think. And something. she says, not in my movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. And yeah. then, you Badass. know, roll credits. Oh yeah. So that's the end. Woo. Yeah. That's a wild ride. That movie. It is a wild ride. Definitely. Awesome suggestion for the week, Rob. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm, I'm glad we're getting some of the bigs out of the way, but yeah. we should definitely be spacing those out. Well, also, like, we haven't talked about a movie in the 90s yet. So, you know, my plan Good is, point. like, over the course of the podcast, is, you know, because we... Um, Touch on all the decades. Yeah. yeah Bounce you know. around. Yeah. Bounce around. 
Also, I didn't realize how many fucking big name actors and actresses were in yeah. the movie. I yeah. love Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, he's one of my like one of my favorite comedians. Courtney Cox, David Arquette, like the dude, the, like Henry Wrinkler, like that's crazy. So and, Linda yeah. Blair, I just uh, I you know I just didn't even like I, I didn't put two and two together because they were so young. And Drew Barrymore, I, I mean, as oh, a yeah. kid. E.T., Firestarter. Oh, my God. Cat's Eye. 51st Dates, come on. No. I mean, <laughs> I know, right? Never been kissed. Never kissed, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so, Rob, you've... Charlie's Angels. You and I, being <laughs> a little bit more further back in age, um, you've watched Kids in the Hall, right? Oh, yeah. All right, so do you remember the... Um, so, uh, Kevin McDonald. Yeah. There is a skit where he's the pizza guy. Yeah. And all the schoolgirls come in. Yeah. Nev Campbell is one of those girls. No way. way. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, by the way, Kids in the Hall... One of my favorite shows of all it's time. A great show. Just a, a bonkers out of this world, <laughs> um, you know, skit variety yeah, show, yeah. which mm-hmm. was also done by Lauren Michaels, who, you know, who Shit. produces Saturday Night Live. Yep. Um, that's all on Amazon Prime, and oh, they're making yeah. a new season of Kids in the Hall. No oh, way. Geez. Oh, my gosh. So wow. uh, a couple of more facts to uh, round out the movie. Um, one I didn't get to uh, chime in on around the one hour and 35 minute mark. Um, nope, sorry, wrong one. One hour and 22 minute mark. Uh, the scene where the killer is sneaking up behind Randy, Jamie Kennedy, is the only one where the person in the costume is one of the actors rather than a stuntman. Skeet Ulrich specifically asked if he could wear the costume in one scene. Oh, nice. So like Weird. Halloween, a lot of different people played mm, Ghostface. That's cool. True, yeah. That's we love, cool. We love that. Filling in where you right. can. Like you grassroots. Know? <laughs> yeah. So the initial script labeled the uh, main antagonist as masked killer with no specifications to his appearance, forcing Wes Craven and his staff to produce the costume eventually worn by Ghostface as they were shooting Craven, asked Greg Nicotero and Howard Berger of design company KNB effects to produce a mask specifically for the film based on the fun world design, but did not like the final result. After Fun World and Dimension Films were able to complete an agreement for the use of the Ghostface mask, Craven was able to use the original design as he wanted. The custom mask made by KNB effects still appears in the scenes involving the murders of Casey Becker, Principal Himbry, and as uh, and Principal Himbry, sorry, as filming of these scenes were completed prior to the finalization of the deal between Fun World and Dimension Films. Bridget Slur- Slurton stated on choosing the final design for what became Ghostface. Uh, she stated, we came with an assortment of masks that the ghost face uh, that had the ghost face look of the entire assortment. That face was the strongest one. The design de- definitely had something that made it outstanding from the others. Hmm. And like you said before, it has like elements of different emotions. It's got sadness. Like, sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Scared. Frantic. Frantic. Yeah. yeah. Torment. It, it, it is quite a, a look. Now, there are several Stephen King references in this movie. Yeah. If you didn't catch any of these. So the fake blood that Billy is coated in is corn syrup and is referenced in the movie by Billy Loomis after he shoots Randy is a callback to Carrie. Love that movie. Um, Sydney wears a jean jacket like Randall Flagg famously wears in The Stand. Yes. When Principal Henry's body is found and Randy tells the group of movie watchers who decide to presumably go after the killer's vigilante style, one of the students yells, hi-ho, silver away, which is a favorite phrase from It by the character Stuttering Bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the he scene thrust- where, I'm sorry. I was going to say, he <laughs> thrust his fist against the post and still see- insists he sees the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost face. Uh, and finally, the scene where Sydney is running from Ghostface, who is Stu Marker, 
after he kills, Billy runs through the house is similar to when Shelly is running from the ghosts in the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Oh, yeah. Now, one more point to make. Um, in the beginning of the film, I didn't want to say this earlier because yeah. I wanted to kind of make everything flow. Sure. So now that you know that there are two killers, now back in the beginning when Casey is offered one or two things that she can do mm. to escape, it now proves a point that no matter what choice she made, what door to answer, she was going to die. Right. Because one of them was going to be at the front door, one was going to be at the patio. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So. That's like the awesome thing about this movie is that, I mean, you only see one ghost face throughout the movie. Right. So you only think there's this one killer, you know, and you don't realize that there are two. Yeah. Um. So when So since I had seen Scary Movie before watching Scream, I was like, Oh, it's got to be the deputy because that's who it is in, <laughs> in Scary Movie. It's the deputy who is like in, in Don't scary... interrupt me while I'm vacuuming my room. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the way the deputy is portrayed in Scary Movie Doofy. is so fucking funny. Um, Doofy. Yeah. But yeah. So I was like, oh, it's got to be the deputy for whatever reason. But and then <laughs> it was the two guys. And I was like, ah, OK. Got it. Cool. OK. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the film? Now that we've discussed it. So, I mean, just, you know, for me, you know, I I picked this movie for a few reasons because we haven't done a movie in the 90s. But also because, I mean, Scream was really credited with revitalizing the slasher genre in the 1990s, which was considered to be pretty much dead. Yeah. You know, following and like we had talked earlier, following an influx of direct to, you know, video titles and numerous sequels to establish horror franchises of the seventies and eighties. And, you know, these sequels were, were, I mean, they were drawing decreasing financial and critical success as they exploited cliches upon which the films in the genre had relied on. So this movie like takes all those horror movies and not only plants all these Easter eggs, but then does that. um, It introduced all of them to a new generation of, Right. People. And yeah. so so not only do they kind of make fun of the movies, the slasher genre of you know movies from the 70s and 80s, but they also kind of like hold them in high respect. Yeah. And they also poke fun at themselves throughout the movie. Like say it's like almost like the, it's like what do they call that? Like meta. It's like a meta. Yeah. Metadata or whatever. Yeah. But I like, know, yeah. Scream is really cast as being very meta. Yeah. The time it was in. So I, I just like how they poke fun of themselves and they and they say yeah we're, these are the things that you shouldn't do in a horror movie yeah. and they end up doing those things yeah. so yes. I like that they pay tribute to a lot of like their predecessors right and, you know all and, the other horror movies and Wes Craven being as big as he is or was I should say rest in peace um, R.I.P. yes back even back then like it, he still kept that that thing going where he paid homage to his fellow directors and and folks in the horror and movie community by, you know, having their stuff in his movie as they would have stuff from his movies and their movies. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see that. And, um, it didn't just revitalize the slasher genre. It actually revitalized Wes Craven's career as a horror yeah. director. Cause obviously new nightmare came out. Yeah. Um, and, a few more movies that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But. I love the new nightmare actually. When I watched it, I thought it was pretty cool. 
it's not my favorite Nightmare on the Street. <laughs> I can see why a lot of people love yeah. it, but it's not like my top choice to watch. Oh I, yeah, I rarely watch it. Yeah, I think there's something about the kid in that movie. The yeah, actor. I'm just like, oh, he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. But I do like like how how Nancy's back in it. And, yeah, I, I love I love all that. Yeah. bringing a lot of references to the original movie. But um, yeah, Brendan, what are your final thoughts on the movie? Yeah, it was fucking. It was good. It's a good. I think if uh, you like or don't like horror, it's a movie to watch. Yeah, I think that's the best way to wrap it up for me. I yeah. think like no matter how you feel, you get that. You like you said, it pokes fun at horror movies. It's kind of ironic in a way. Yeah, it's very yeah. satirical. Yeah, it's, and you get enough. You get enough gore, suspense, thriller, all that. You know, all those, all those things you probably want to capture in a horror movie. It's a so. good balance. And Twists. You have- Action, little action. You have a little yeah. suspense, and you tits. have humor. Humor, you got boobs, <laughs> you got some tits too, and everything. But yeah, it's good humor. You know, it's got a little bit of everything. It does. It yeah. honestly does. Yeah. Like if you were to give a list of for to somebody who's never seen horror but wants to get into it, like this movie's got to be on that list. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not necessarily for beginning, but like if someone like our age or maybe a little bit younger, or someone who's just really wanting just to just jump into the pool. And what did you think of like Brendan of all those Easter eggs and stuff? Yeah, no, it didn't. Re- like I said, I don't. I never picked up on that. I now I'm just gonna think about Easter eggs in all the <laughs> movies that I fucking watched. That like now I'm thinking even just like regular shows that have all this stuff in it. So yeah, well, I never really it. picked up on like, that. Like I know you, you and I, we both love Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, Rick mm. and Morty's nothing but Easter eggs. Oh, a hundred percent. Back to the Future, David yep. Cronenberg, like yep. <laughs> it just the list goes no, on. No, that's you know that's a good point. I just didn't even I didn't realize that that's what an Easter egg was. So yeah, now I'm gonna be looking in all the movies I watch from now on, nice. especially yeah. horror. Awesome. Yeah. Shoney, Szechuan sauce, Szechuan sauce, <laughs> come on, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, man. No, and, and, and you know, and just and just one final thought for me, like I mean. And then because of this movie, that I mean, then you, then they launched Scary Movie, and that became its own little yeah. franchise. Oh, the Wayans Brothers. Oh, yeah. And the Wayans yeah. Brothers not only kept Scary Movie, they did Date Movie. They did, they went to make many more parody. not so great parody movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can see like in, in you know maybe in twenty years from now, there's going to be a new horror movie. Oh, for sure. And they're going to all be watching Scream, and they're going to be right like yeah. passing on this. Um, speaking of parody, homage. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, speaking of parody, Scary Terry from Rick and Morty. Guys. Yeah, yes. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Scary Terry. Good call. Yeah. And he always says "bitch" like just yeah. as a satirical, not satirical, as like a um a way to make fun of how much Freddy Krueger swears. You can run, yeah. but you can't hide, hide bitch. bitch. <laughs> and his, his and he has knives for for <laughs> fingers. They're tiny swords yeah. instead yeah. of not. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hilarious. Because yeah. they couldn't. Copy because of copyright because of the yeah glove. of yeah. course no that's too funny <laughs> yeah but yeah I, Scream's a great movie overall definitely yeah. yeah you can't not watch this movie so yeah so um on that note we are gonna get to the rating Brendan uh we rate using gravestones or stones how like you guys rate beers with stars nice uh so just go over it I have the list right in front of you um five stones. Movie is great. I would buy it and watch it over and over again. Four stars. The movie is really good. I would watch it again. You know, why not? Three stones. The movie is good. You should see it at least once. Two. The movie is okay or not good. Rent if you want to. Maybe a nice supplement to add on to your movie night. One star. The movie's not for me. Like you and Mike, you... Right. If, if, if a beer yeah. is one star, 
you're probably not going to have it on yeah. the podcast. Something's just wrong with that beer. Kind of like something the, is just wrong with this movie. Something's just wrong with this movie and like, like making beer, um, making yeah. movies, a labor of love and a lot of people with their heart and soul into it and not every movie's for everybody. So what we're going to do is we'll all rate between one and five. And yes, you can use decimals uh, like last week for, um, for Halloween two, Rob and I both gave it a, Three point seven five. Nice. Right. So, just like uh, rating pizzas on Barstool, <laughs> um, we'll rate the movie. Well, so. I mean, I'm gonna go first. I'm the guest. Sorry, guys. I'm jumping in. That's, That's all right. right. I think three point five for me because it's better than like it's. You should see it at least once. But after talking with you guys and you know seeing it, you, I think it is good enough to watch again. I just don't know how many times it's good enough to watch again. You get what I mean? Like I would. Yeah. I feel like if I watched this once a year, I'd be happy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you know like nothing no it's not a, you know not like oh I need to watch this every fucking week but uh, <laughs> but 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 it's not just a movie that I'm like oh I'll watch it once and never watch it again. Yeah. That's where my that's where my rating comes in. Like I think I would go to a store and and or I'd go online and buy it. Yeah. You know yeah. so it's Rent at it least so at it. least it's in my archives yeah. so I can pull it up like you're saying Oh, you guys don't like horror? Let me show you. you yeah, know, because like, yeah. if you watch it once, you already know who the killers Eggs. are, so you don't have as much We're looking like... for the Easter eggs right. now. Now I need yeah. to go back through, and now I need to pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 3-5 for me. Nice. Awesome. What Meg. about you, Megan? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a solid 4 again, nice. like yeah. Halloween nice. 2. Like, I would watch it again. I'd probably like throw it on with like a marathon where it's like if we watched all the screens or whatever. Yeah. Like I really liked it, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the classic teenager movie, you know, where it's like it's a high school kind of setting. I love that shit. I don't know why, but I love, um, you know, I just love that genre where it's like high school, but then when you add the horror element, it like it gets me hooked. Mm. So I, you know, I rented it on Amazon, so I have it for like another 24 hours. I'm probably going to go home and watch it one more time yeah. just because yeah. I want to see if I can catch all the Easter eggs too, you know? Do it. Love yeah. it. Rob, you're staring at me. <laughs> Which so one of you guess, wants to go? So I'll, I'll go. I'll let Rob be the, uh, you know, the the final the girl. The, you can the, be final the final girl. Boy. Final boy. I always final. wanted to be a final girl. Um, I gave Scream all out five stars. Nice. Five stones. Nice. Actually. Five stones. Five stones. Um, this movie, without it, um, I don't think horror would be where it's at today. Fair. I think it would have gone into the ether. I think. I, I'm not saying it would be completely gone, but the 90s yeah. wouldn't – you wouldn't have I Know What You Did Last Summer. You wouldn't have your Final Destinations. You wouldn't have mm. your um, – the whatever the Happy Valentine's Day one mm. is. Not My Bloody Valentine, but the other one right. with the, the Cupid Killer guy, mm. the faculty, that whole, that whole onslaught of teenage high school horror movies of the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And obviously those – they really inspired a lot of horror movies, which are coming out today. So, uh, like I said, Scream, Ghostfaced, he's he's on somebody's Rushmore of horror Definitely. movie villains. Like, yeah, he. And I think a good question is, and we should have one one day for uh, your undertaking question of the week. Yeah, who is currently a placeholder on a Rushmore from like the past ten years of horror movies? Ooh, I like that. So, mm. but we'll discuss that on another day. So, yeah. like I said. Five stars. It has to be. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't think of any reason to give it anything lower. Yeah. Acting's great. Special effects are great. I had. I. I totally forgot that K and B effects did it. So if you like The Walking Dead, you yeah. like Dawn of the Dead. Day. No, not Dawn of the Dead. Sorry, Day of the Dead. 
uh, Creep Show Two, mm. KNB, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> another just very kidding, good movie. Kidding. All right, Dead Rob. Of the Dead. No, well, how would you rate your pick this week? I would give it a five all the way, baby. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and and you already said it. I mean, you know, this. I think if it wasn't for Scream, we would all still be watching like. And I keep bringing this up, like Children of the Corn part, like 13, <laughs> like, you know, and just like another crappy, like direct to, you know, whatever DVD, like movie. And I mean, it just it because at that point, they just kept producing the same stuff over and over again. And, and so now with Scream, I mean, it was just it. Yeah. It set a whole brand new. Yeah. yeah, like the early '90s didn't have a ton of great horror movies besides Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, you you had other movies that came out like a remake of Night of the Living Dead directed by Tom Savini, which is very good. Yeah, um, Tremors. Yeah, another good early '90s movie. Uh, the um, Craft came out in the '90s. The yes. Craft was good. Yeah, the Craft yeah. came out right before it, but I like I said earlier, Scream. It just yeah. it gave people more ideas. Oh, absolutely, and and like I. I mean, I, I already saw, like, Slumber Party Massacre Part 1 and 2. Like, I, I didn't really want to see, like, Slumber Party Massacre Part 9. And I think that's probably, without Scream, that's probably what they, they kept, like, going. the More path Slumber that they kept... Party Massacres, yeah. <laughs> well, they just kind of, like, they, they probably would just kept throwing out the same old hack. And, that's true. And I just, again, it gave, it was a muse for other, for the horror franchise, the whole horror movie industry where... There was new talent. There was new ideas, and and then of course you had the parodies and, and everything right. else. So and not to put it on a pedestal, but I think, in my opinion, for the '90s, it did what Halloween did for the '80s. Yeah, yeah. And not maybe not as big as Halloween was because the '80s were just an onslaught, just as big just special effects horror movies, just mm. just quite an explo- '90s similar but not the same. But yeah. It just it, it effectively did the same thing. And yeah. It just brought back the genre. And like I said, I can see like them coming out with the movie maybe ten years and ten years from now where it's like a different horror movie and they're like making fun of or they're showing like people watching Scream in the background, you know, as as paying a tribute <laughs> yeah. to just like they're paying tribute to Halloween and all these other I can yeah. picture Scream being an Easter egg and a movie down the road you Definitely. know because oh for sure you know it's just such a great film yeah especially with all the parodies they made too like I'm... oh yeah some of those parodies are pretty funny they're really funny <laughs> <laughs> so um between all of four of our scores um and all the math I had to do not much <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> add them all up divide by four um Scream is a 4.4 stone You've seen one too many movies. Now, Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Nice. That's a one of these rating. days, I'm going to give like a rating like 4.67895. No, I'm, 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 I'm rounding up the scores. <laughs> I think I think from the calculator, like 4.37777. No, it's like 4.6666666. Maybe for sixes, we'll do that. Yeah. Any uh, shout-outs you guys want to give out before we sign off? Um, I just want to say thank you again to all our listeners. Um, getting some great feedback. Uh, like my friend Jimmy Pritchard said today when he was listening to the Halloween podcast, hey, I noticed that scene, too, where where um, Linda and, and Bob are talking about ripping each other's clothes off and also ripping Lindsay's clothes off. And we were all like, what? Because that's like a little kid. And 
they were drunk and, and then my friend Christine um, Estrada was like another great podcast and, and my friend Christopher Robert Blank um, he's like I look forward to your podcast every Wednesday it gets me through the week end of the week I mean that's awesome. So thank you That's guys. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank I yeah. I, thank you to all our listeners and all of our supporters. Just really appreciate it and glad you're enjoying the podcast. Yeah. We we always want you guys to respond and we take all criticism because we just want this to be the best podcast it can be. Yeah. Um and fuck you, San Diego. No, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I gotta come play on, there next time. On. I know that come I on. Go to San Diego, I'm man. Just kidding. We love you. <laughs> um yeah, thank you to Brendan for everything you're doing for Yay. us. Yeah, uh, thanks awesome. so much. Yeah, um, do you have on. any shout outs? Obviously, um, yeah, go check out Road Soda. Go follow us, Litter Crew. Woo. Links will probably be posted <laughs> in podcast notes, or if they're not, I'll comment them. <laughs> no, uh, I've actually been working on those. Cool. So now the um, yeah. podcast notes will have um, links or at least website addresses. So. Sweet, yeah. yeah. So for the Halloween one, I think I put up the. Uh, what companies did we talk about? Um, the uh, distillery. Bull, did the, we talk about the distillery on that? A podcast? little bit, but we talked about Bull Moose. Yeah, um, I put up Bull Moose so you guys can find that. Um, and Ice Kills Nine album. Kills. I put up the Ice Nine Kills uh, yeah. website address. Yeah. I actually typed them out, look up in the Google, copy the them, Googles. and then put them right there. So all I have to do is copy paste right into your Google search or your Sweet. search bar. Um, obviously, thank you to Abel. Thank you, Road guys. Soda. Uh, for being family members, um, check us out again on Facebook and Instagram at, at Monster Talk Podcast. Uh, again, you can email us, send us a lovely letter, or I don't know, berate us for something. I'm not, you know, I don't know, <laughs> berate us for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, that email is the Monster Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Again, at the Monster Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Woo. We're on a bunch of different platforms. Uh, we use Anchor as our launch pad. So we're on Anchor FM, um, Spotify. So check us out there. Apple, like and give us five stars if you would. Um, leave a review. That helps us out a lot. Yeah. Um, like and follow. Um, do the same for Road Soda. Uh, we're also on Audible and Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio app. Either way, if you go into our Facebook or Instagram or uh, or um, Anchor FM, we have a link to our link tree where you can listen and um, connect with us yeah. wherever you want to listen to us. So signing off, I'm Christopher from the Black Lagoon. And I'm Reanimator Rob. And Meg the Mortician. I'm Brennan. Go check out Road Soda. <laughs> Road Soda. If you don't listen to Road Soda, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next Wednesday. This has been Monster, Monster Talk. Talk. Oh, the times have come.